My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 85 fight card, giving you our picks, predictions, bets, and our DraftKings plays. But before I do, here's one final brag about how well we did at UFC 297. I'm going to continue to brag. The rest of the world was a deserted wasteland of missed bets and Malcolm Gordon travesties. Those poor Canadians. The worst part about that is, and listen, the and it's not really their fault, right? Because the card before, right, that was in Canada, they all won. So they already, the Canadians are already such loyal people to their own kind. And then all of a sudden, they're coming off this perfect card, coming into this card, and all the matchups seem favorable. So I don't blame them, but Jesus Christ, that had to have been a, a rough weekend for them. And then they had to just sit there for a week and think about it, too. I mean, holy yeah. shit. It, definitely frustrating if you're a Canadian fan, if you bet on Malcolm Gordon, if Mike Malott was supposed to ride you to the promised land. Katana. But that's against, not what happened to us. Against Lock we of the Week. We had a great night. We had a great night. Jacob's underdog Lock of the Week hit. That is a 100% free thing that he does for you. And my premium member safety parlay hit again. And that has been hitting. Eventually, it's going to lose. But we're going to keep riding this train. Eight of the last nine. It hits at a 70 percent winning percentage and the lifetime ROI from that one single bet is 29%. I'm incredibly proud of the safety parlay. The safety parlay is the most successful, stable, individual bet in this space and you can unlock that safety parlay at wewantpicks.com. It's only $10 a month. You're going to get the safety parlay. You're going to get picks, insight, round line leans, tools, and, and you know more. Else too. And this is, um, I mean, this is a better pitch than you're going to give. Um, I thought I was going to be able to get through this. I know, but I thought, I just thought about that today. In, in Discord today, we had an unfortunate situation where somebody showed up with the name Gabriella69. And I'm like, a little bit of a weird ending there to that name, but definitely got to be a female, right? I mean, even the profile picture was this. Nobody nice, in our Discord's a female. Tight, fat ass. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I got to go after this. So immediately I'm like, hey. <laughs> Salomon, hey, hey, you know what I mean? I put the exclamation point rank so she could see that I was ranked number one in the Discord <laughs> to really get her juices going, all this stuff. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, it, we were only talking in there for three or four hours. I fell, I fucking fell in love, Angelo. I fucking fell in love. And you know what happened? Guess what? She's got bills dude. due. I mean, no, she's got bills due. Uh -huh. she's, got, she's got rent due, all sorts of stuff. So I end up sending her $25,000 about three hours ago. And an hour after that, she posts another picture in the Discord of herself driving a Maserati. And guess what? It was a dude. So for the love of God, wewantpicks.com. Become a premium member today. It's only $10 a month. I just gave a catfish $25,000, and I might have to move out of this penthouse. Well, if you want to restore Jacob's sanity and uh, make sure he has, I mean, what a beautiful place you're living in. Thank that you. view is. I, I, I forgot. I forgot that. I, for, I forgot that they. Okay, stop, stop, stop. I forgot that they haven't seen the new place, the new apartment. So this is it, guys. Um, as you can see, we got a great view. I am in. I am in Brazil now. So, uh, you know, obrigado so for becoming a premium member. You can see the beautiful scenery. The sun is setting here in beautiful Sao Paulo, Brazil. And uh, this is you guys made all this possible. And I, I want to thank you guys. But we, we can't stop now. Become a premium member. 
and we can get an even bigger place than this. So, but thank you we for hit, noticing. You like it, huh? Yeah. No, we hit three thousand premium members, and the uh, the backdrop got a nice upgrade. That's there a beautiful you go. place. I might head down to the beach later. Finish this show. We'll see. I'll get me and the girls will get our passports squared away, and, and we'll head out there to see you. Great that. internet for all the way over there. Thank no you. delay or anything. That's fantastic. Well, if you want to continue to help Jacob on his journey, unlock the safety parlay. Unlock all the tools, the insight, and more. It's only $10 a month. We want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. One of those tools is the line movement tracker. This is going to give you the opening odds, the current odds, the win probability, and the line movement for every single fighter on every single card. This card has three people who opened as an underdog and will close as a favorite. One of them is the biggest trap in the planet. We'll talk about that. You're also going to get the detailed data metrics and analytics right now today. Whoa. Right now, today, it is 38 columns of information and insight that you can use to find bets, to find spots. It will be 40-plus columns in the coming couple of weeks. We're working on adding some additional insight like average cage time and things like that that will help you with your round line leans. You're also going to get a DraftKings Optimizer. This alone is worth far more than $10, and this DraftKings Optimizer will build DraftKings Fantasy lineups for you with just a few clicks, and it will be preloaded with the best DraftKings ownership projections in the game. That is an objective fact, and that is a very important distinction to make here because we only charge $10 a month. We have the most complete, comprehensive premium in the game. Companies like Awesomeo and Rotor Grinders cost $60 to $100 per sport for the optimizer and the projections. You're also gonna get more than just me and Jakey boy. You're gonna get Artem breaking down far more than just UFC. He actually has road to the UFC picks and insight up now. He's gonna give you all the Bellator PFL insight you could ever want or need. Pick Doctor, that is a human being that developed an AI. That AI is picking fights based solely off of historical data and is doing so at remarkable accuracy. You're also gonna get the MMA Minute. And Running Mouth MMA, all of them are giving you their picks, their insight, their round line leans, like and more. Like the stream. Every single thing I mentioned and so much more for only $10 a month. We want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. That's the free stuff. Sorry, I don't know if you hear those birds. I'm trying to fucking get these. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, we got the buffet. We still got the buffet out. You can't see it. It's on the other side. But we got the buffet out still. So everyone's trying to get to that, that pristine lobster. Get out of here, birds. It's weird that it says below deck right there in the corner. That's the flag. That's the boat. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> the know, um, goes, hey, below deck. You know what I mean? We're talking I mean, about the seagulls. <laughs> the seagulls are crazy. So Vile gets it. Um, this is all the free stuff. We are live streaming right now to Kick, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch, right, Twitter, I everywhere. I got to Hold on a second. Somebody said. Uh, Anybody know why Jacob is on his way to Epstein Island? <laughs> 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 okay, I'm not okay. I'm here. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Follow us on all the socials, please. That's free, and we would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to send mail, I have a better looking slide than this, so we're just going to follow keep the Instagram. That looks terrible. Jakey boy, you got any words for the people before we dive right in and break down this card? Um. I no, I just want to say that this is the first week of 11 weeks in a row, I believe, nonstop UFC Strap action. In, so if you're watching this for the first time, make sure you like the video. Subscribe if you are new. Join the party. We do this. I have a lock of the week video. Andrew does a quick pick video himself. I do a quick pick video myself. And then Saturdays, we are live for almost every single car. We have thousands of people that join, and they, they put out their live bets. I put out my live bets. We put on bets on every single fight. 
It's gonna be a fun 11 weeks, man. I think this next 11 weeks is going to change our fucking lives, and it starts right now. I'm in a good mood. Does this include UFC 300? The 11 weeks? No, I think there's a week off because the Hebas card is eight weeks away, and I think it, there's two or three more cards, and then a week off, then 300. I don't know. I'm not just. I'm just saying stuff at this point. I don't even know. All right. Well, I, it doesn't matter. It kind of does. All right. Hurry up. Hurry up and look it up. Can break oh, down I'm this editing card. my photo. Yeah. So Jacob takes pictures of himself, and I, I've never seen a more insecure person in my look life. Look at this picture too. It's a good looking picture. Yeah. Ooh. If, if I make a funny face, they'll ignore that I'm beet red and full of freckles. Look at that jaw. I mean, look at those cheekbones too. Yeah. No, that's incredible stuff. Oh, I, I'm moving shit. on. We're moving on. Instagram right there. Okay. First up at UFC Vegas 85. We have a couple of heavyweights. As Jacob said, start with the trash. Jacob hates heavyweight fights. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want them tagged in this and thinking that I'm calling them trash. I just don't really like heavyweight fights. I, I said Jacob hates heavyweight fights. Okay, well, you... I, didn't, I can't wait to dudes. hear your breakdown. Hey, these, are, these are big dudes. I can't wait to hear your breakdown. Anyway... We have a couple of heavyweights. One of them, a prospect. We got Thomas Peterson taking on Jamal Pogues. Thomas Peterson, 8-1 and one overall, 4-1 and one in his last five, riding a nice three-fight win streak into his official UFC debut. Jamal Pogues, 10-4 and four overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off that loss to Mick Parkin. And this is an interesting fight because Thomas Peterson, clearly the guy the UFC is trying to push test see how good he actually is he's a big guy he's a wrestler he's gonna work everything from bear hugs to just actually shooting true wrestling doubles up the middle striking not very good almost not there at all who's that thomas peterson he's gonna close the okay. gap throwing big no, huge straight punches try to get you to the cage or try to get close enough to wrap around you and get you to the ground if he's just in a clinch situation, he's very, very busy. If he gets you to the ground, he is also very busy, and you can be in some trouble because he's got good control, good ground and pound. If he cannot get you to the ground, it's it's a problem. His striking is not very good. He is pretty one-dimensional, but he's only on his ninth ever MMA fight. He is coming off the second-round submission win on the Contender Series, and that's what got him this slot on a UFC card. He's taking on Jamal Pogues. Jamal's a busy heavyweight. He's always working something. He's always throwing something with his hands. Good volume, decent pace. He doesn't really have that true one-punch knockout heavyweight power that you might expect, but he is always busy and he is always working something. He's not like particularly dangerous because he doesn't have that big one-punch knockout power, but he does set a really nice pace. He does work. He continues to move forward. He is coming off that loss, though, to Mick Parkin where he looked uncharacteristically sloppy. Typically, Jamal Pogue's pretty buttoned up. Pretty busy. D didn't look himself. That was disappointing. That was disappointing. Right? He didn't look himself in that fight. Like, that just wasn't how he normally fights. And I am concerned that that's what's going to happen here. It feels like the UFC is saying, let's see how good Thomas Peterson is. Let's give him, you know, a, a gatekeeper kind of guy, a gatekeeper sort of talent. This is what they did with Mick Parkin. I think this is what they're doing with Thomas Peterson. I do think Thomas Peterson wins this fight. I think he's going to come forward, get a couple of takedowns, and then that's going to be the end of that fight. Jamal Pogues doesn't have that. If he if he had that big one-punch knockout power, that Derek Lewis power, the fight-changing power, it'd be a very different pick and very different insight. But he doesn't really have that power. So I think Thomas can just literally march forward, get it to the ground, and then work from there. So Thomas Peterson is the pick. I do have him in a... 
sketchy parlay, but I'll give you the other half of that parlay in a second. What do you think, Jakey Boombalutes? <sighs> yeah, you kind of preluded it a little bit, but I'm just not a not a big fan of heavyweight fights, especially when when neither guy is really a finisher. That's why I was surprised that this line was a, a one and a half line. Obviously, it's minus two forty. It's juiced a little bit, but these two guys, I just, I, I, I don't, Thomas Peterson is a wrestler, right? He's not really a a jujitsu finisher. I know he has finishes and stuff like that, and he's not really, as you mentioned. Adverse on the feet. Is that? I don't even know that's adverse on the feet. Just no, just sure. versed. He's not versed. He's versed. Okay, relax. You know? Well, you said adverse, which is the opposite of versed. I was just trying to say a word, and this is the attitude I was talking about earlier in the day. If you carry it over into the stream, I'm just. I asked you if it was right, and the attitude you brought back. To and me I was, answered it was not correct. That Indiana education is catching up to you at an incredible pace, honestly. So Thomas Peterson is a wrestler, not really a finisher. And as you mentioned, Jamal Pogues is, isn't really a finisher either, right? He can get takedowns. He can do some stuff on the ground. He's a, he should be, as you mentioned, a volume striker, but he, sometimes he isn't at, 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 you know, at sometimes. But I don't think either one of these guys is a finishing guy. So I, the play I like here is over one and a half. And my pick has to be Thomas because he should technically be the better wrestler. And both these guys, kind of that's kind of what they want to do. And I think Thomas is going to be able to get the takedowns and the control. It could turn sloppy. This could easily be a sloppy, close Heavyweight fight, but I think Thomas is going to be able to get the takedowns, get the control. I fully expect this probably going to a decision. I like the, the over one and a half on this, and then, you know, Thomas is going to be my pick. But, I mean, it's heavyweights, and neither one of these guys are, like, overly dominant anywhere. So, it's like, I don't know what, what we're doing. I completely agree on the over one and a half. Neither one of these guys are insanely dangerous. Obviously, Thomas Peterson, if he gets it to the ground, you know, these are heavyweights. Jamal's going to have to move and move quickly because that's a big man laying on top of him raining down punches that could be an issue the white is better than the yellow you're already pretty yellow i'm trying to figure um, out because i look there's the, i feel like i look a lot more the white pale is than better normal. yeah the, i take the pale over the bright red though honestly they told me that scar was going to go away it did it, it did not I, it's like enhanced. He's like, don't worry. I'm. Uh, <laughs> he literally touted himself as like a plastic surgeon. Like the way I stitch this up, you're gonna be. It's gonna be disappeared three months. They didn't over. even take skin from anywhere else, right? They just left a gaping hole and pulled it together tight. Yeah, inside stitches too. Inside stitches and outside stitches. Yeah. So. I mean, it was it was big. It actually looks good. And you have freckles and a beard, so it's not that big of a deal. But um, it. I mean, it was big. When you first got that, it was like, holy shit! First time people see it, that's usually how it goes. Yeah, it's how jagged. Why is it so crooked? Um, We're on the same page here. Thomas Peterson for the win. I mentioned I got him in a little bit of a parlay. Uh, $8,700 in DraftKings is interesting, though, because while he may not be the most dangerous heavyweight in the game, $8,700 is not that much money, and DraftKings loves grapplers. If Tommy Peets gets a couple of takedowns, a little bit of control time, potentially a submission, all of a sudden Tommy Peets is worth that $8,700. Is he going to be in your DraftKings lineup? Is that your thing now? Well, yeah, I'm just making up nicknames. Mikey Mal. You going to answer the question or? Yeah, did you say something? You going to spend the $8,700 on Thomas Peterson for DraftKings? That's probably pretty good upside. What did you say? That the wrestling could make it worth it? Yeah, because okay. it's not like Jamal is clueless. If he gets taken down, I don't think he's going to be flat on his black, work, flat on his back. Work his way back up. <laughs> yeah, I think he can work his way back up. Um, more. I do understand the line closing on itself. Open minus 270. 
sitting around minus 163 right now. I do understand that. That makes sense to me. He is a UFC debut. And that's why my parlay with him is with another UFC debut. If you want to unlock that parlay and everything else that we do, we want picks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. We're about to hit an 11, 12 week stretch with fights every single Saturday. That $10 is going to get you four events. Four events for that $10. $2.50 freaking picks, event. That means just my picks, because I know everyone's pretty much here for just my picks at this point. My picks for one card. You can, I mean, scoff if you want, but that's I did better than you the, the last two weeks. That's moron. the narrative. The last three. The last. Weeks. Oh, you think so, huh? You Positive. think so, huh? Yes, correct. You think so? Yes, I do. Incorrect on all accounts. <laughs> incorrect on all accounts. But so let me get through this. So obviously, yeah, no. people are here for me because Andrew's making stuff up at this point. My picks for this upcoming card: thirty-seven cents, ten dollars a month with everyone involved, all the stuff involved. Thirty-seven cents for my picks. There you go. I mean, it is genuinely... If I'm not worth 37 cents to you people, fuck off. Um, sure. Next up, at UFC Vegas 85, we have Landon Quinones taking on Markel Maderos. Landon Quinones, 7-2 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off a loss to Nazareth Hackpress in a short-notice UFC debut. He's taking on Markel Maderos. This guy is 8-1 overall. He is 5-0 in his last five, and he's making his official UFC debut. The opening of this card is two prospect debuts in a row, and I think Markel is, I don't want to say the real deal, like he's going to be a world champion, but Markel is a very interesting prospect to watch. He's a really good striker. He puts combinations together very well, and he throws up a ton of volume. He's very comfortable in his fights. He's a young-ish guy he's not super young but he's a young ish guy who's pretty early in his career and he flows well he has confidence he doesn't seem to get rattled primarily a striker but he can grapple if he needs to he's got a couple of slick takedowns and some very good takedown defense with some nice submissions there he is touted as a prospect and he made a big splash on the contender series with a knockout over a much much larger Issa Isakov he's taking on Lendon Quinones this guy's a decent striker very slick wrestler, though. He's probably going to categorize himself as a striker. When we do the tape study, we also watch interviews. It's always interesting to hear somebody's mindset. You might pick up some tidbits here and there. And he does sort of fancy himself as a striker, but I would categorize him as a wrestler. That seems to be his strong suit. That seems to be where he excels. It does take him a little while to gauge rhythm in a fight, so he can be a bit of a slow starter, but he works in his takedowns well when he finally hits that rhythm. He's going to lower his level, shoot very clean shots right up the middle. They're not desperate. They're usually pretty well set up, and they're going to result with some top-heavy pressure. Well-rounded guy can definitely have some success, but I did mention he lost in his UFC debut to Nazareth Hackpress on short notice. A lot of people are just going to see that loss on Tapology. And they're going to look at the record. Eh, he lost. He fought a UFC guy. He lost. Uh, go watch that fight. He had some very real success there. He landed some very good shots. Was having success with the leg kicks. He ate a couple of very good shots. And he defended five takedowns. Nazrat shot five takedowns and every single one of them was stuffed. And that matters here because it is a testament to how good Landon Quinones actually can be. And we have a full training camp. He might be very good. Or that was just sort of a clash of styles and Nazrat was looking past him a little bit. I personally am going to be on the Markel Madero side. I think Markel's composure, I think his striking is going to be too good. And while Landon has very good takedown defense, his takedown offense is okay. And Markel Madero, so you go watch his tape, 
the way he can stuff a takedown and then work his hips in and he ends up on top is spectacular. So I think Markel's going to win this fight. He's got great takedown defense, very good striking. He's going to be the pick here, and he is the other half of that parlay that I have with Thomas Peterson. When Jacob's done air humping, he'll go ahead and give you his pick. If that's how you think you defend a takedown, good luck no, on the hips. ninth. Okay. Yeah, that's not how you do it. And why are you looking at it? Head should be up. But go ahead. This is all. It's just, I mean, this is all that's gonna happen here. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. What Jacob's doing? Anybody new here? Uh, Jacob and I have a lot of built-up tension, and he was threatening to fight me, and I said, "Let's go ahead and fight." He picked the date. That date was about eight, nine months out, and that's coming up. It's February 9th. We are fighting. We have a location. We will be recording the entire thing, and then we will edit it and put out some content of Jacob and I fist fighting. Jacob might be the editor, so that'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of favorable edit he gives himself. But uh, Jacob is a scrawny, shrimpy little boy with baby legs and a scar on his face. But that's enough of that. Why don't you go ahead and break down this fight for us, Jakey? Yeah, he's 5'6". Look at the doorway. Look at the doorway. It's a nine-foot door. <laughs> yeah, sure it is in that luxury apartment. Can you go ahead and break down this fight for us, please? Listen. I understand if people like Landon in this fight, because I think there's a lot of people that are looking for dogs on this card, and they, they're looking at Landon, and they, they see him as a good dog. I agree. Actually, when I was breaking down this fight, in my head, because we do the same thing, we watch the fights, we break down film, but we don't look at the odds ahead of time, so we have no idea. And after after I break down every single fight, I ask myself, who's the favorite? What do I What would I put the line at? And I think that, that Markel is going to win this fight, but breaking down the film, I was like, I bet he's an underdog. I bet people watch Landon against Nazareth. They really watch the film, right? Because as you mentioned, he showed his toughness. He was walking Nazareth down. He really probably would have put nine out of ten fighters out in that fight with the leg kicks. Nazareth was able to just kind of work through it because he's really, really tough. And he ate some shots as well. He did eat some shots. And that's kind of what I want to get to in this fight because Markel is the more dynamic striker. Right, Landon is a more technical guy, but he doesn't really sit on shots, and that's a that's a big key here because Markel is a more dynamic striker, but he also gets kind of a little bit wild. Markel's a very confident dude, and with confidence comes with a little bit of bravado. And sometimes against the fence, he can have those hands low, a little bit, you know, a little bit out of place. And if Landon was more of a powerful puncher, I think that would be very a, a big issue for Markel. But Landon doesn't really sit on shots. So I think Markel is going to walk him forward, get him against the fence, and really land on some big, powerful shots. I worry a little bit of Markel's gas tank. And I've seen him in a, in a three-round decision before where he actually used grappling pretty much the entire time, and he worked through it. That's not the same kind of level of a guy like Landon. And if he starts gassing, and you see him start shooting takedowns, and he can't get the takedowns versus Landon, I think it's a time for panic for with uh, with Markel. But I fully expect him to uh, be able to put the pressure, lay some big shots on Landon, and uh, maybe get him out of there. But, you know, Landon's a tough dude, and, you know, but I, I like Markel in this one. Especially with that wrestling, I think he could go to if there's an issue. Yeah, I think, um, so we're both on the same side of the pick for sure. We're both on the Markel side of this fight. I was confident enough to throw him in a parlay with Thomas Peterson. But I purposely, this is my betting strategy. I'm, I'm more conservative than most. I am trying not to be overly exposed to anybody. It's going to be very hard to find me with multiple bets on one human being. And that's what saved me. Mike Malott, last week, a lot of people tripled down on Mike Malott in multiple parlays. 
So he blew up a lot of stuff, not just one thing. He only blew up one thing of mine, and we were still able to He said he's going to come back even better, though. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every fighter's like, ah. And that wasn't even a skill gap. It wasn't a skill gap that lost him that fight. Don't worry, guys. I'll be back even better. Listen, if it was a skill gap, and it's like, man, I got to work on my takedown defense. Sure. Maybe. That was a guts gap. He didn't have the guts to I just mean, to flail. He just had to for, I mean, flail. 15, 20 seconds just to... It's Dude, not like he was like... Flop knock, around it, like it, a it, it wasn't like he was like knocked out and he, like he no, couldn't... I mean, he was just like... Conscious. He was just like, oh, make it stop. Make it stop. Oh, dude, all he had to do was flop around like a, like a fish out of water and the ref wouldn't have stopped it. But either way, point being, I trust Markel. I have a bet on Markel, but that's it. I don't have him in multiple things. I don't have a money line. I parlayed him with another risky fighter. I put the two riskies together. When I have confidence, guys, I put them together. I don't understand when people build these like four-leg parlays and then throw an underdog on it. it I don't get that. That's just not my style. So I do have that the parlay like with Markel. That, that sounds like what I used to do. So I don't know if you're trying to make fun of me or not, but... No, I'm, you, I'm you actually, down. you're not a big part of every guy time anyway. you, every time you make fun of me on the stream, I don't know if you know I'm not, this, that's not about excuse you. Me. Jesus. Every Dork. time that you make fun of me on the stream for the last two and a half, three, what are we doing this? Three years now? Has it been really been three years? I don't think it's been three. It's been like, maybe it's three as of right now. Anyway, every single time I rewatch the streams, I sit there and I write down every single time I'd love to see this that journal. you uh, that I mean it's really you I mean and every single time that you're mean to me and I have it on this wall right here and it's mm. all written out and I sit here every morning and I'm busting out push-ups I'm busting out sit-ups I'm doing up downs I'm doing Oklahoma drills with my dog and I'm None just of looking those will help you I'm just looking at all these fucking maybe do a small. sprawl or go to a jazzercise kickboxing class something I've been through many of those classes You've been through many kickboxing classes? I went to classes. For what? What kind of classes? I hit a heavy bag. I hit mitts. I hit pads. And there was a coach there? Yeah. Yeah. And you went a second time? Well, they had the, the first time you go, they have an orientation, right? Where you get okay. your gloves and sure. you get a tour of the gym and stuff. And uh-huh. then I went another time. So I've been multiple times to a gym. Yeah. You did not go another time. I just said. I was there twice. <laughs> okay. I don't know okay. what's so hard to understand. Now I'm nervous. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Anyway, Markel Medeiros is both of our pick. Uh, I don't think I'm throwing my DraftKings lineup, though. I do have the DraftKings pricing backwards. It should be 77 for Landon, 85 for Markel. I don't know if he's going to be worth the 85 because I don't think there's a finish here. Both these guys are very, very tough. And I don't know how much wrestling there's going to be. There's a lot of risk there. Uh that is a good price point for a guy that I think wins, but I'm probably going to leave that alone. I think this may be a striking-only kind of matchup. Those don't typically score that well, but if you want to see that parlay, even though I just gave it to you, but if you want to see all of the other bets, I do have a couple of round parlays as well, and Jacob's got a whole bunch of bets, as do the six other analysts. We want picks.com. Click Become a Member at the top. It's only $10 a month. You're going to unlock every single pick, bet, Round line lean, every single tool, and so much more. We have 11 fights in a row coming up. So that is going to unlock four events worth of bets. $2.50 an event. We want picks.com. Click become a member. couple of Super Chatterootskis, Sosa, sent $2.79 Canadian. He said, are there going to be live odds 
that for was your his fight. Last two seventy nine. For uh, it's a very odd number. Um, I think that but, was. I think that was it. But thank you got. very much. Um, I mean, he picked you, so you, weren't you an asshole? Uh, so here's here's the God's honest truth. We reached out to bet openly, and we said, "Can you add odds for this?" And he said, "Of course I can." And then the problem is we're not fighting live. We're going to record all of it. It's the first time we're ever doing something like this, filming content together in a space like this. Well, like I, I, for okay. YouTube. Um, We've done content. You get what I'm saying? Oh, you, um, do you get what oh, I'm saying? Oh, Jesus no. Christ. No, I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so we're just going to record it, edit it, and then work with that. If it were live, there would be odds on Bet Openly that you could bet actual real money on because then you can watch it live. But it's not going to be live. That would ruin any integrity there. And when it comes down to real money, that's just not worth doing. But um, if this goes well and we figure it out, we'll do a rematch. And Web Guy Josh, I also own the domain wewantfights.com. That's a domain I've had for many years. That's what I used when I was managing professional fighters. Uh, Josh is like, you know, that's a perfect domain for like building up a MMA promotion, like a, the comment section guy versus comment section guy type fight promotion, basically street beefs, but comment section beefs. I'm like, that is a great idea. So if we can figure this out, maybe you and I rematch or something and we put together a card with some grappling and some kickboxing, some amateur fights of people that hate each other in the comment section. Thank you for the 279. $499 from Siggy. Is Artem gonna break down the WWP1 fight card? What are the odds in the main event? Oh, so same, basically same question. Thank you for the five dollars. And actually, that's a good idea. Should we have Artem break down our fight? We probably should. That could be fun. That's a question. Usually questions oh, get answers. Um, I got real excited because we just got a twenty dollar donation. So yeah, we'll get to that. Well, it just really gets me going. Thank you very much, Siggy. $20 super chat from Nick Houseman from the last pay-per-view from the last year up this week, up plus money. You guys are awesome. Thank up you very much. Up to this week. From the last pay-per-view from the last year up to this week. Thank you oh my very God. much, Nicky boy. Yo, Andreas, what the fuck? Yeah, we'll get there, Jacob. Boy, they're really going for you. But we appreciate that $20 very, very much. And we are glad that we were able to contribute to your success in this space. Andreas Lara with the most poignant, well-worded super chat of the night. Jacob is 5'6". He did compliment him. He said, pure muscle. Angelo's wrestling is going to surprise y'all. This is 5'6 right here. Best get. Fight does not go it's the distance. Smash chin. the like. Best community. We can't really see if it's at your chin or the top of your head. Can we? I just we? marked it. Hold on. I bet you did. Yeah, no, this is honor system. No, I'm serious. I'm marking it right now. There's not, it's not a joke. Why would I? I have nothing. I, why is there a mark at four inches also? Well, that's soft. No, I just marked <laughs> it. It was right here. Look, you can actually see the mark. Look, this is not even a lie. You can see the mark. Hold on, let me put it right this way. What height it. are you pretending to be right now? 76 inches? Huh? Okay. The marker pretend- right. I literally just put the marker. How could okay. I lie about that? I've had the marker on top of my head, and I went like this. How could I lie? You're 6'5"? Six You're 6'5"? Six yes. How could I lie about wow, that? This is going to be... I'm, I'm nervous then. Jacob, 6'5". I mean, the mark is right there. There's no other marks. Wow. This is very scary for me. All these times, 6'5". And I just didn't notice. That's incredible. 
If I had the picture of you and Tiffany standing next to each other with Tiffany taller than you, I would put it up. But I don't have that ready to go. Yeah, so. you're six four wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not Bo. I'm not six eight, and I tower over you at six three, six two and a half. Yeah, not so that was minimum six five, probably taller. Yeah, probably. I guess we'll all find out. Next up at UFC Vegas eighty five, we have the most interesting fight on the card. We have Luana Carolina <laughs> good one. taking on Julia Stol... I'm not joking and I'm going to tell you why it's interesting. Oh, good one. Taking on Julia Stolarienko. Luana Carolina, 9-4 and four overall. 3-2 and two in her last five. Coming off the win over Ivana Petrovic. Taking on Julia Stolarienko. 11-7 and seven overall. 2-3 and three in her last five. She's coming off the best performance of her entire career. The reason I said this is interesting and that wasn't sarcasm. This is interesting. Look at that line movement. Julia Stolyarenko has one good fight, one good fight in the UFC, and she is cruising to a favorite. Julia Stolyarenko is like throw up a submission or have nothing to offer type career in the UFC thus far, and people are steaming that line. It did a complete flip. We're going to break down this fight, but this feels like a Malcolm Gordon situation oh, that all over again. Was that improv there? I've broken down this fight three times already. But we got <laughs> Julia Stolarenko. She is a very dangerous grappler. She is slick on top and off of her back on the ground. Her striking is not very good. It is sloppy. She is very hittable. You'll see that negative striking differential uh, on the next slide here. But she is willing to brawl, and she will bomb heavy kicks. She is very tough on top. And she is very dangerous with solid control. But when she is taken down, she'll throw up a Hail Mary armbar. If she doesn't get that, that's it. That's it. The armbar is effective, but if she doesn't get it, that's sort of it on bottom. She'll just sort of take her licks. She did move down to 125 in her last fight, and she looked spectacular. She walloped Molly McCann, and she looked incredible. But Molly McCann has some of the worst jujitsu awareness of anybody in this division. So I would take that win with a little bit you ever seen, um, of caution. A uh, TikToks of the wombats? No. Great creatures. I know what a wombat is, but I've never seen a TikTok. Just, they just she, seem like great creatures. She's taking on Luana Carolina. Luana Carolina, good striker, solid takedown defense. She's not the most technical striker in the division, but she's got a really good clinch where she'll bomb knees and elbows. She sort of has that Muay Thai offensive striking style. She has a 76% takedown defense. And while she has been taken down eight times in her last four fights, literally two times per fight, she does have a very high takedown defense. She's got good striking. She can work for submissions as well. And she's coming off that prospect busting win over Ivana Petrovic. And there is a difference between picks and bets. Pick-wise, I am going to pick Julia Stolarenko. Only for the mere fact that Luana Carolina has been taken down several times in her last couple of fights. Eight times in four fights, two times per fight. And if Julia takes Luana down, that's going to be a problem for Luana. So that's the pick. Julia is the pick, and that's the reason why. But again, there is a huge difference between picks and bets. I would never in my life bet money on this fight. There's too many things that can happen. Luana Carolina is a good fighter. Luana Carolina can win fights in the UFC. I think it's Luana. Luana Carolina can win fights in the UFC. 
And yes, Julia looked incredible in her last fight, but that is a one fight sample size. If you zoom out and look at all of her UFC fights, how could you watch all of those fights and say, I am going to put money on this person to win? And people have done it because she was a plus 130 dog and now she's a minus 130 favorite and people have put money on her and people are going to brag about the line that they got. Oh, I got Julia at plus 120. I'm the man. All those same people bragged about Malcolm Gordon last card and had that work out. Julia is the pick. I do think she wins, and this was just a giant warning to say there's better spots for your money than Julia Stolyarenko. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, this is a kind of an interesting fight. I know I kind of gave you a hard time to start the, uh, the <laughs> breakdown. I apologize about that. But it is an interesting fight, and it comes down to Julia. I mean, honestly, I, I think she's good enough to get this fight to the ground and find what she needs to do. But sometimes she does get sloppy when she gets down to it. And Luana, to her credit, is sloppy herself on the ground. But I think in this instance, it's going to help her because she's so like weird and wiry, wiry. And the way that she's like scrambling out of positions might be a little bit... Um, not normal for like a typical like jujitsu practitioner that Julia is used to. Julia, Julia is very high level jujitsu. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if she's going to be, she's kind of turned into this like arm bar or bust type of girl, but I think she has abilities capable of other things, right? If she gets on top, I think she can use jujitsu that way. And I think she is going to be able to find on to get on top, especially in the first round. She's got good takedowns. Even that, I mean, she honestly should probably be coming um, off three straight wins. Cause that Chelsea Chandler fight, she was doing what she needed to do. Chelsea Chandler was basically just twice her size. It was just out-muscling her. Like, she was getting a takedown and then getting reversed straight in a full mount. And when Chelsea, if Chelsea Chandler was on top of me, I'm fucking dying. There's no way I'm getting Chelsea Chandler off of me. <laughs> so, if you're a trained uh, person like Julia, who's half my size, she, it's a very difficult situation. Yeah, nice try. It's a, it's a, it's a very difficult I'm the only situation. person that picked up on what you just tried to do there, by the way. But go ahead. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, Luana's half your size. No, Julia is half my size. I mean, it's yeah, absolutely is half my size. Sure. So she, honestly, that, that fight, I think she possessed the abilities to beat a girl like Chelsea Chan. I think, just think the size was too much. You mentioned she should back down. Uh, 125 is where she probably should be. I like her in this fight. I think she's going to get the control in the first round. And people label her as like this first round of bust, but she's been in wars before. She's proven she's that she is a very tough girl. And even if she doesn't find that submission, even though I think she's going to be pretty live for it in the first round, I think that she is tough enough to kind of squeak out another round and then survive in the third. Cause Luana's not like a super dangerous person. And I don't think that she, that Julia is going to be a situation where she's fully mounted and, and, and then gets TKO'd. Right. I think everything, every other weird situation that she might be in with uh, Luana, she'll be able to survive. So, uh, I like Julia in this. I, I think that she can win submission or decision. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably going to be chased inside the distance with her, but don't be surprised she um, wins a decision. So I'm going Julia as well. I'm probably a little bit higher than you, but uh, again, we've we've seen her kind of fold before, so it is a little bit off-putting. Yeah, and I, listen, I think she wins. She is the pick, and people confuse the bet warning with a, with a pick. I just don't know how you can look at that, look at that line and be like, I'm going to spend money on this. I just, I don't get it. And then she probably, I think she wins the fight. So in theory, all of those bets will and she's, cash. And uh, Tabitha Ricci's uh, best friend. So, Well, in theory, all those bets will cash because I think she wins. So it's just not, in my opinion, worth the risk. Anyway, $8,200 in DraftKings, 8000 in DraftKings. I think the only side that's worth any money here in DraftKings would be the Julia side. Because if Luana wins, it's by stuffing takedowns and winning striking match. 
not going to score very well. If Julia wins, there's going to be some takedowns, control time, potentially a submission. So if you are going to play a side here in DraftKings, the $8,200 on Julia has the uh, the bigger upside. What do you think, Jakey Bombalotes? 82 is tempting. She's got, a, I don't know what you said, but she's got a, um, I don't fucking listen to anything you say. But it's, it's actually she, astonishing because it's like eight seconds ago. Uh, I sit here and I just read the chat. Some of the stuff they say is fucking <laughs> insane. But um, yeah, I think the 82 is because of positive upside. She could get a t at least a takedown around maybe, maybe even some more. And she's got a finishing ability. So anybody, anytime you're looking at, you know, 8,000, 8, 8,200, and they have a decent finishing ability, it's always going to be attractive. Not as attractive as both these females though, so. Okay. Thirst Trap Jake showing up as expected. And what else you can expect is phenomenal bets and insights and a whole slew of tools that you will not find anywhere else. What are you going to go sign up with somebody's Patreon that throws a couple of bets at the board? The, the Patreons out there are two extremes. You get people that put three, four bets and you get people that put a hundred bets. Either way, it's a Patreon. It's a list of bets. It's outrageous. If you sign up at wewantpicks.com, you're going to get the picks, the bets, the round line leans, the insight, the tools, including the DraftKings optimizer, the line movement tracker, and the detailed data metrics and analytics. Wewantpicks.com. Click become a member at the top. Next up at UFC Vegas 85, we have Zhang Yong Li taking on Blake Builder. This should be a really fun fight, and it's definitely an interesting fight that is going to divide the community here because Zhang Yong Li is 10-1. and 1. He is 5-0 and 0 in his last five, and he is coming off his first official UFC win where Blake Builder, 8-1, and 1, is a prospect, but he's coming off that decision loss to Kyle Nelson where he was the favorite and it caught a lot of people off guard. So I think a lot of people sort of... It burst their bubble. They have that in their head. Oh, Blake Builder lost that last fight to Kyle Nelson. Blake Builder sucks. And that is do the you, unfortunate... When you chew what? gum, do you blow bubbles? Uh, I'll do... Well, I... I uh, I'll suck the bubbles in. I'll make the little bubbles and I'll... Like that. Anyway. The unfortunate reality of this sport is fighters are only good as their last fight. Remember a few weeks ago? We said Nicholas Mata can knock this dude out. Nicholas Mata is the better fighter. Nicholas Mata has more experience. But all everybody wanted to remember is that Trey Ogden smoked Nicholas Mata. What did Nicholas Mata do? Flatline that dude. Could be a similar situation here with similar situation here with Blake Builder. People want to talk about oh, Trey Ogden beat him. Trey Ogden beat him. Or sorry, Kyle Nelson beat him. He was the favorite and he blew it. He did blow it. But overall, Blake Builder's an aggressive grappler. He can be a busy striker. He's going to shoot takedowns when he gets the opportunity. He's going to control from there. And he explodes with everything that he does. On the ground, he'll explode into mount. He'll explode into side control. He'll chase submissions. And he has really solid control. So while he's chasing submissions, he's chasing submissions that are there. He's not going to put himself out of position and lose the whole thing. He can strike as well. He's got a loose style, but he is hittable. I mentioned he's coming off that loss to Kyle Nelson where he went 0 for 3 in takedown attempts and he could not keep up with Kyle's striking. He's taking on Jung Young Lee. This guy's a very well-rounded guy. He's got a loose striking style himself. He manages range well. He's got solid takedowns and very good grappling. He is long for this division and he uses that length well by just walking you down. He is hittable though because he keeps his hands a little bit too low. But he does have a very solid chin and grappling as a backup coming off his first official UFC win over Yiza, where despite having five takedowns and eight minutes of control, it was a close split decision, which tells you 
just how desperate he looked. And I don't mean that to be derogatory, but judges don't seem to like the diving at legs. When you're constantly, he's just doing beach sounds. When you're constantly diving at legs, for some reason the judges see that as desperation and they don't like it. And that's sort of what happened to Zhang Yang in his last fight. Dominant performance on paper, but it was a very close split decision. This should be a close fight as well. But can you shut that off? <laughs> I can't shut off nature. I can't no. shut off our Lord. We both know <laughs> that you have a sun allergy and couldn't be outside on the beach right now, even if you wanted to be. So let's stop playing games and stay indoors where it's nice and safe for Jakey boy. Okay? Okay. Yeah. I mm, bet. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Open your mouth like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that'll be in the Discord photoshopped in less than 20 minutes. Love being on the beach. Love being on the beach. I bet you do. So does that skin cancer, nerd. This should be a close fight. Blake Builder definitely shit the bed in his last outing against Kyle Nelson. But hopefully that was a wake-up call to say, hey, go all in on the wrestling. If you watch his Instagram, two things are going to come to mind. First... You're going to say, how does this guy not have a permanent staph infection? Because that gym is a disgusting swamp. The Jesus. second thing that will come to mind That's is... That's not normal, right? No. Because some That's people the watch wettest it, like I watch jujitsu gym I've ever seen. Because I watch that shit and I'm like... <laughs> no, it's, no, it's no not No wonder they're in bathrobes. The, the only thing I can think of is they have the heat cranked all the way up. Because like the fluids on that mat are nuts. Not healthy. Like, can't be healthy. Nuts. Can't be healthy. Honestly, it can't be good for training either. It's just too slippery. It's not realistic. It's like ridiculous. Either way, he's a better grappler than I am. So what well, do I know? If they but ever do like an outdoor event, and in that outdoor event, it starts raining. He's like, all set up for Abu Dhabi with the air conditioning's broken. But anyway, point being, Blake Builder. One of the takeaways you're going to get is this guy can grapple. He's got very slick grappling, very slick submission <laughs> skills. And he's big. He's going to be the bigger fighter here. I do think size matters. I think he can bully his way forward, get the takedowns, get the win. Blake Builder is the pick. He's the underdog here. The line is closing on itself, and I haven't decided if I am confident enough or not. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I've heard a lot this week. There's a few dogs that are like the the favorite dogs, right? Because especially when we have an off week, everyone's always de- is who's gonna be the lock of the week? Is it gonna be this? Is it gonna be this? Is it gonna be this? And there's a lot of Drew Dober, but there's a lot of Blake Builder as well. And listen, I get it because this guy is an athlete. He is a talented guy. He is pretty good everywhere. He probably is the most dominant in more of his jujitsu than his wrestling. I don't really love his takedowns, and in this fight, I think that's what's gonna cost him in this fight because if you watch that Kyle Nelson fight. Yeah, he was, he was the favorite. He let us all down. And when I remembered that fight before I rewatched it, I remember him in the third round. In my mind, I thought he quit, right? I thought he quit. I thought he gave up. He started doing the showboating stuff like he didn't care, all that type of stuff. Then I watched it back. I was like, yeah, he, he really kind of stayed in that fight. And at the end, it was just winging right hands is what you're supposed to do when he knew he was losing. So I kind of give him a little bit more credit than I thought I was going to coming in this fight. But still, if you watch that fight and you watch his striking, because I believe that this is going to be a mostly striking match. I don't like Blake Builder's takedowns. I think Lee has 
good enough takedown defense. The last guy he fought, I think, has much better takedowns than Blake Builder. Blake Builder came in against Shane Young and said, I feel sorry for Shane Young if this fight goes to the ground. He's that confident in his ability. He's got one takedown. Shane Young got back to his feet, missed the next, I think, six takedowns, something like that. So, <laughs> Lee, <laughs> Lee, I think, is good enough to defend the takedowns. If he does get taken down, Black Belt himself, so I think he's going to be able to survive anything on the ground, get back to his feet, because I don't think Blake's got the wrestling type of control. And on the feet, I see Lee as definitely the more powerful guy, but the more straight line shots. I mean, he sets up shots and throws them right down the middle. And Blake Builder's more of those looping type of guys. And if you watch that fight versus Kyle Nelson, Kyle Nelson was really eating him alive with a nice straight, straight jab, but also a nice straight right hand when Blake was trying to come with those hooking shots. So on the feet, I think Blake's in trouble. And on the ground, even if he gets it there, I think Lee's good enough to survive. So in a mostly striking matchup, to me, I got to go with the better striker. And I fully believe that Lee is the much better striker in this matchup. Also, the much more powerful striker, and I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks Blake Builder out. So, I like Blake Builder. He seems like a fun guy. We'll see if he can bounce back from that uh, that that tough loss. And uh, but I like. I think this is a good matchup for Lee. Yeah, I. Uh, th that's why I haven't placed a bet on Blake Builder yet because I'm just I go back and forth. The problem with somebody that like Jung Ung Lee, who's ten and one, is coming off that win, a nice little streak. We just never know if he is that good or if it's just been his level of competition. This fight will answer a lot of those questions. Blake Builder is good. And if Lee blows right through him, then wow, we Lee was that good. He's been that good, good prospect. Or it's like, nah, he's been beating up on regional guys and now he's in the UFC and that's just not going to work anymore. So I'm sort of torn here a little bit. Maybe, uh, maybe some prop bets, but even that gets tricky because Lee has some power and Blake could potentially submit him. Like, there's a lot going on here. So I'm probably going to sit this fight out. We have 11 weeks worth of fights. This is a sketchy card. So I'm going to choose you, my um, spots and be careful. Do you think I look like Jun Young Lee a little bit? I think you're... Nope, he's much taller. So no, I don't think you look like him at all. Well, Elizabeth mentioned his uh, cheekbones, and I think we kind of got similar cheekbones. Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, $8,300 in DraftKings. You trust in your boy with that kind of salary? I think there's some good value there. I think I think he's very live for a finish against Blake Builder. The way that Blake gets hit and the way that Lee can hit people. Um, and he actually showed it. I mean, his last fight, too, he showed a little bit of durability and some toughness as well to be able to tough out that uh, that victory. So I, I think I like Lee a lot in this matchup for the value, especially because he mentioned it's a tough, tough card. Some lines are a little bit wide. Some are close, but you don't really like playing them. I actually kind of like Lee here compared to the rest of the fights. Yeah, let's put it this way. You're definitely more confident in Lee as the favorite than I am as Blake as the underdog. But I think uh, Blake can be a little bit of a weight bully here, push it around and get it done. If I do end up placing a bet on Blake Builder, you will see it instantly in the Discord if you linked your account on premium. All you need to do is become a premium member at weonpix.com. Click become a member. Click on the account page. There's a big-ass button that says link Discord. Once you do that, you will get all sorts of notifications and everything else directly to your phone. We on picks.com click become a member at the top. I, um, oh, thank God. Whew. You Is what? Blake a, uh, a guy's name or a girl's name? I think it's a guy's name and some women have used it. Yeah. And, and Blair, uh, Dixon cider said, Google this name. And I did. And it's, uh, It's a guy, or it's a girl. It's a girl. Of the erotic category. 
it appears that this, um, you can see at the top of my Google here, it says safe search blurring is on, whatever. Uh, <laughs> 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 I've never seen that before, but that's, uh, uh, that's all for is a... For her images, Honestly, so I think the problem is your parents probably set some stuff up. Ask your mom. Oh, is that it? In the next room, and she'll get that squared away for is you. Is that it? Yes, they set up safe browsing for you. You know, it's kind of the difference between us and honestly, the difference between our comedy is everything yeah. I say is like actually relatable or like it's pretty much ninety five percent accurate of what so I say. So it's not about you relatable that the pale, skinny ginger. Is living at home with his parents when nobody has ever seen more than that three feet behind you? That's not within the realm of possibility. One in the chat. If you, you think parent, that, you think that I live with my parents. Two, if you think that I'm in a penthouse apartment in the sky. Three, if you have ever seen more than these six inches of his entire apartment. Four, if you think his bed is within arm's reach because it is. Go on. No, your bed is right there. But yeah. So yeah, it's a California king. Definitely crazy that your parents could live there. This is the guest bedroom, one of four. Jacob, I'll give you $1,000 right now if you pick up that camera and show me four bedrooms in that apartment. Well, I got to ask you, what do you consider a bedroom? (laughs) Because there's a lot of rooms that can fit a bed. Tell you that. Actually, I don't think you have four rooms that could fit a bed. One? I have I have two just right here with an eye shot. Three, honestly. One, two, three. There's three right there. I got another one over here. I got if another it's not one over a, here. If there's no wall, it's not a new room. If there's, It's going to be a door, right? I agree. It's got to be a door. You're not going to fit it in the bathroom. My, my bathrooms are. Yeah, bathroom. yeah, okay, yeah. So you can easily... Back. Fit a nice blanket around the toilet and curl up. Most people are curled up when they're sleeping anyway. We've all been curled up on a toilet before, right? I mean, that is true. <laughs> the worst is when you're. The worst, honestly, is when do we? We're good to talk about this, right? I mean, it's it's in between fights. The, so it the, is what the it worst. Is. The worst moment ever is when you're like 21, 22 years old, and you're thrown up in the bar bathroom or the club bathroom, or whatever, and you're on the floor, and you subconsciously know how fucking disgusting it is. <laughs> like you're just laying on the floor and you're just looking around. You see like little puddles everywhere and you're like, oh, and then you're just fucking sitting there throwing up. We've all been there. Heroin needle in your arm. Now, people are going to think that they're going to see how skinny you are and think that was a true statement. I said that so. 90, everything I say is 95% accurate. So. <laughs> there you go. I actually don't think I've ever thrown up in uh, like a nasty dive bar like that. What a pussy, dude. I actually, I'm very controlled with my, uh, now I say this and I was, what'd you do on your 21st? We went to, uh, went to a bar on the lake, drank like crazy over there and then came home. I usually throw up at home, not out is my point. Well, sometimes you can't help my, my 21st birthday. And I just was talking about this the other day. We went to uh, just a dive. I think, no, it was actually karaoke. We went to karaoke and just got fucking loaded, a little dive bar, whatever. And uh, they, everyone's like, "Oh, it's your birthday. Let me buy you a shot. Let me buy you a shot." The last guy, and I'm, I'm already blitzed to the moon at this point. I'm on stage singing "Cowboy Kid Rock," a cowboy, just fucking losing my mind. Twenty first birthday. Everyone's just dying laughing while I'm on stage. A guy's like, "Here you go. This guy across the bar, get a shot." I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah, woo." Boom, threw it back, and it was something that had fucking Tabasco sauce in it. 
What kind of? I, I've never heard of that before or oh, after. Dude, we, but in that moment, it was Tabasco sauce, and I immediately, mid-song, went straight to the bathroom and just blew my load and just puked for the next like six hours. It was so. I think I was thrown up in the urinal. From this we, um, that was my twenty-first birthday. We uh, we were in a bar. It was me, my buddy Jess. It was like eight of us. Like the some of the best years of my life were like early twenties because all family. my. We we are had we all had, I said some <laughs> I said some not the yeah I heard um, so we all had jobs like we were all making money and a giant chunk of my friends lived in New York City or Hoboken New Jersey and that's where a lot of early twenty somethings go and they live and living above a pizzeria and we're going out to the bars we come back so we're out of the bars there's like eight of us out at the bar and like my buddy was like hitting on these chicks and they were being like super rude. Like they wanted nothing to do with it. He's like, fuck them. Let's buy him some shots. So he rounded, he ordered, uh, there was three or four of and the he girls. Had a and he had a bottle of Rufalin on him. No, no, no. He goes, <laughs> he ordered three cement mixers or four cement mixers. A cement mixer has like dairy in it and vodka. And it basically curdles immediately. And you, it's just disgusting and you throw up and it's wretched. So he lined them up to give to these girls because he's like, fuck them. And my idiot drunk friend Jesse is like, ooh, shots, just grabs it, rips it, puts it down. Immediately was like, like, like a movie, like the gurgling, yeah. grabs my buddy's beer, just vomits all inside of it, puts the cup down. And the bartender's like, hmm, nope, you guys are gone. And then we left. And that was the same night. That was your 21st that happened? No, no, this was in Hoboken, like early 20s. That was the same night. That um, I saw my friend peeing out of the fruit basket. So, wild night in Hoboken. Let's kind of break down the rest of this Average party. Tuesday night in Indiana. <laughs> fruit baskets everywhere. Next up, at oh no, we didn't do the previous fight. I was just Fuck chilling you, on this Mark. Slide. What are they talking about? Get on with it, uh, Mark. There are people. That breakdown fights while staring I, at. Wait, let me just. I, I'm just. I'm joking, Mark. It's, it's fine. I get it. But no, there are people that break down <laughs> fights. See, he's from Indiana. See, he's fine. Mark, we'll get on with it. That explains. Listen, that if you don't like, what? go ahead and say it here. I'm gonna write it on my wall. Here we go. If you don't like the conversation, Mark, there's a couple of people that break down fights while looking at a giant spreadsheet. Watch them. They could use the boost. I appreciate the support, Mark. And uh, I don't. He came in here and bitched. Why would I appreciate that? Cool. Oh, that's pretty. Next up at UFC Vegas 85, we have Temba Garimbo taking on Pete Rodriguez. Temba Garimbo, 11-4 overall, 3-2 in his last five. He's coming off his first official UFC win. He's taking on Pete Rodriguez. Pete Rodriguez, 5-1 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off two failed weight attempts against Natan Levy and is now moving up a weight How class. How do you have? He, I didn't like I've that never, Tony used on that. I've game. never that's missed my, weight. That's my boy. I've never missed weight. That's, uh, yeah. He is now moving up to welterweight. He is stepping up on somewhat short notice. I think it's three, four weeks, something like that. So it's not as if it's insanely short notice, but this isn't full fight camp type situation. And uh, good for him because he couldn't make weight with a full fight camp. So 
he moved up to welterweight. We got Temba Garimba. This guy is a distant striker. He is the guy before everybody starts going on about the Rock. But somebody was commenting all negative, Nancy. If the Rock wasn't virtue signaling and buying this guy a house, who gives a shit? We should be happy for this guy. We all love this sport. Some of these guys don't make a living wage. And the Rock bought him an apartment. We should be happy for him. Instead of hating he's on strangers a good guy. for no he reason. Was a, uh, yeah. He's a former Lock of the Week. And I actually, when I, I messaged him that he was in Lock of the Week, and after he won, I sent him a message, uh, as I do all my Lock of the Weeks, and was like, hey, congratulations on the win. That was an awesome win, Lock of the Week. And he actually responded. He's a nice dude. <laughs> I, put, I sent him my video. He watched the video. There you go. Yeah, great. Heart, heart, muscle sign. Okay, so we got Temba Garimbo. This guy's a distant striker. Garimbo. Whatever. What? Garimbo. Temba Garimbo. At least I said Temba, not Themba. Angelo Botetti. Dude, I get Anthony today. Like people call me Anthony to this day. And her just, just a month ago, one of the one of the guys, and he's not like I don't like hang out with him that much, but I, you know, like because this kid's way older than ours. He was riding by on his bike. He goes, Hey Anthony. Can like, we hey. get on with the breakdowns? I mean, me and Mark are sitting here just... Yeah, you We're and Mark. trying to get to the fucking breakdowns, man. Jacob and Mark. Well, here you go. Temba Garimbo. Garimbo. Guy's a distant striker. He manages range well. He's going to pick his shots, take his time. He is very long for this weight class. He uses that length well. He's going to keep you at bay. He's typically a counter striker, but if he sees an opening, he will charge in. Solid takedown defense. He's going to widen his base, stuff the head, make people carry his weight. His offensive takedowns are okay as well, and he showcased those in his last fight against Takashi Sato, where he had a knockdown, three takedowns, and a pretty solid performance in his first UFC win. Taking on Pete Rodriguez. This guy is Woo, Pete. a brawler. Say it. He throws bombs. He's feeling what? Do you even know I, the line? I get there. Oh, I get there. It's the end of this. It's in my script. Let me get you to really my script. You really said it in your script? Yes, I've, I've broken this fight down three Say times. Say what? I, you're going to wait a minute, and you'll hear. He throws bombs. He comes forward no matter what. Too. Put some passion He only has it. six professional fights, but he did manage to get a UFC win under his belt against Mike Jackson. Pete is powerful, but he is sloppy, and anybody with some clean techniques is going to run right through him. He's coming off two failed weight attempts against Natan Levy, and most recently, a failed weight cut where he wasn't feeling very magical. Foo. See, I got there. Um, I cannot believe that Pete is in the UFC still. He should not be in the UFC still. You can't miss weight that dramatically two times, have fights canceled left and right like that with that skill level and stay in the UFC. I think he's doing him a favor, stepping up on short notice, going up and wait. I think they love, um, you know, they, they want Temba to do well here. And I think it's set up that way. And I think Temba's going to win. I think the odds make sense. He is the far better fighter. Uh, minus 350 did seem a little wide because Pete is dangerous. But outside of dangerous one-punch knockout power here, Temba's going to be the more technical guy. He's going to manage range better. He's going to be the better, more well-rounded overall fighter. As long as he can avoid that big one-punch, he'll be totally fine. So Temba's going to be the pick. Um, just not a Pete Rodriguez guy. And nothing against Pete. It's really just because of Jacob and how annoyingly he high he is on that guy and how he insisted he was going to beat Natan Levy twice in a row. He was he, Pete Rodriguez was Jacob's underdog lock of the week against Natan Levy just to miss weight and have the fight canceled twice. Go ahead, Jacob. Tell us how Pete Rodriguez is going to win, and then I'm going to have a bet $100 on it because you're a dope. Go ahead, Jake. How mad are you right now? I didn't even I don't, say I'm I, I actually here. don't know where that came from. I'm going to be honest with you. I just had like this this pent up 
because you were How many very annoying. You were very annoying when you picked me. Tomorrow I can drink. No, in two days. So Is that what you were going to ask? Eight days to, or 29. What's the day today? 30th? Today's the 30th. Yeah. 30 days sober. Hey. Shakes are hey. gone. Hey. Hey, I did it. Some, hey, like the stream if you haven't Thank already. Thank you so much. Become a Thank premium so member. That is big, I, man. That you is know big, so funny? but you, uh, you can't wait for that. That's the shame. Honestly, that is kind of a shame that you just, you're looking forward to the next drink. I actually don't know. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a drink this weekend, but I will say once you kick the habit of like, I'm sitting down, I need a drink, I'm watching TV. Once you kick that, like we go out to dinner, I need it. Once you kick that habit, it doesn't matter anymore. So that's all gone. You're going out to eat, doing all the things. And people think I'm a bona fide alcohol. Like I, I'm actually, there are people who actually struggle with alcoholism who have accomplished things by not drinking. I'm just a suburban dope that had some drinks and Jake could pretend that I had a problem. But go ahead and break down this fight, please. I just need a quick question for you, um, fight related. You said Temba is the more, and by the way, love both these guys. Right, Temba, as you mentioned, former lock of the week, former lock of the week winner, Pete Rodriguez was going to destroy the Tom. Yes. There's no doubt about that. And and so why didn't he like, get that opportunity? What happened? Well, I think it. I think his grandmother was having health issues. <laughs> That's right. His grandmother. <laughs> These posted pictures from Disneyland, feeling magical, foo, and then like Granny croaked, and then he missed weight two separate times, weeks apart. Go ahead. Sorry about that, Pete. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, big fan of Pete and Dead Game and what he's all about. You mentioned that that Temba is the better overall fighter. I, I completely disagree with that. Temba's striking is lackluster at best. It's not what he does, right? He wants to get the takedowns. He wants to c get the control. And you can tell in his striking, right? It, he's long and rangy, but he's not fast with it. And the way that he commits with shots and over commits with shots against Pete Rodriguez boxing, it's going to be big, big troll for Temba. He, he needs the takedowns to win this fight. He cannot win this fight against Pete Rodriguez on the feet. There's no, there's no question about it. He needs the takedowns. And one of the most underrated aspects of Pete Rodriguez's game is his wrestling, is his grappling. That was his base. He started as a grappler. And Temba, for as good as he can be on the ground with control, with the body, trying to go get in the back. And if he gets a, if he gets the back of Pete Rodriguez, I don't think Pete's going anywhere for like most instances. But his takedowns aren't great, right? His control is not great. He does a lot of things on the ground that gets him in trouble. So even if it goes through and even if he gets a takedown, I've seen him getting being swept before. And I think Pete's good enough to survive on the ground if it gets there. And I think Pete's the way better striker. So I'm not like fully in on Pete. Because I do need to kind of see him come back. He's only six, you know six fights in, right? And I've seen him look a little bit like a days at times. So I'm, I'm not all in on Pete at this point. But Temba at minus two fifty, I love the guy, and he definitely can win this fight with wrestling control. But he's just a hard guy to trust uh, with his lacking and striking in my mind, and lack of total control in the wrestling. If he got takedowns and he had the crazy control all the time, it's like okay, I get minus two fifty. But he loses control and loses scrambles a lot, and Pete's. Very underrated grappler. So I'm going Pete Rodriguez here. I think he's going to get it done, uh, but I don't, I don't really trust it too much. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm busting his balls a little bit. He's obviously the far more dangerous fighter. Like, if this fight ends inside the distance, it's Pete Rodriguez who won. Temba Garimbo, I, I think he's the better fighter technique-wise, but he is patient. He takes his time. He'll... He'll bounce around, he hang out on the too, outside. Man. He gets fucking tired. And he's not a quitter. There's no quit in, in Temba, but he does get fucking tired. 
No, and Pete could absolutely win this fight. If I'm Pete's coach, it's going to be you can't play the outside game. Temba's going to be the better kickboxer at range. You cannot play that game. It's, and I wouldn't be waiting. A, that, no. I wouldn't be waiting for a takedown either. not going to have any success on the feet. Uh, see, I, I think he'll pot shot his way. You said and you wanted to bet outside. this, but now I did my breakdown and you kind of. Let's bet. Let's bet. You heard my breakdown. You're like, oh no, he's he's. Let's right. bet. The bet openly odds are two to one, hundred bucks. I win. You give me fifty. Logging you win. Right I now. give you a hundred. Do it private on bet openly. Bet openly just Do added it private. private on bet openly. Well, last time I still we have a thousand dollars in bet openly. So if somebody wants to take some of this shit, join the Discord. Discord's free. We have a lot of fun in there. And uh, later in the week, we might put up some some bets in there that you guys can take my own money because I've been. I mean, this is a thousand dollars. Honestly, I have Angelo's money because he always loses these bets every time I do one of these bets. Right. Always direct with friends. Right. That's the new feature. That is the new feature. Correct. Fighting. Oh, this is going to be good here. What fight are we on? Shit. Pete Rodriguez, 213. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Do you want me to put $100 on it and you have to put 213 on it? Hold on. Uh -oh. I spilled my propel. Oh, propel, huh? Fancy. I'm Damn doing it. it. All right, do oh, it. Shit. So it, while he's doing that, if you don't know what Bet Openly is, it's not a sports book. It is not a casino. It is not a sports book. It is peer-to-peer -peer betting. So Jacob is putting his actual money up, and then I match it with my money. And if Jacob wins, he has my money in his account. And if I win, I have his money in my account. So it is not a sports book. It's not us versus the house. It's us versus each other. So um, put that link in the chat here, and I'll go ahead and jump on the other side. The feature they just added is private bet. So before, you could put up a bet. You would it's send somebody a link. It's not getting my location. We got to mess with the browser settings. Either way. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. We're on opposite sides of this fight. I'm a little more confident in my pick than I think he is in his. And we're going to find out. We're going to put our money where the mouth is. Do you trust Pete at 7,000? I think he's a good flyer for a large tournament with multiple entries, but I wouldn't have him in a cash game. What do you think? I think there's probably a better spot. Interesting. If you want to check out all the DraftKings insight, but all the bets, the picks, the tools as well, we want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. It is only $10 a month. You will get four events for that month fee. Next up at UFC Vegas 85, we have Charles Johnson also stepping up on somewhat short notice. I think he's got a full month here, so not that short, to take on Azat Maxim. Charles Johnson is 13 and 6 overall, 2 and 3 in his last 5. He is on an unfortunate three-fight skid. He's taking on Azat Maxim. This guy is 17 and 0. He is undefeated in his career, looking for his second UFC win. Charles Johnson is a busy technical striker. And when he first signed with the UFC, I was busy. like this guy. <clears throat> yeah, busy. Here you go. 4.34 significant strikes landed per minute busy he doesn't average. seem busy he doesn't seem busy but he is a busy technical striker and i'm gonna say he has okay takedown defense and then i'm gonna walk that back a little bit in a few minutes but when he first signed with the ufc we talked about it's a good signing charles johnson's very good but he has been on an unfortunate run oh and three and his two ufc wins one is a knockout against jimmy flick who Oh, man, I just got so fucking confused. I'm looking at all these stats right here because I wanted to prove you wrong. 
And then I'm going back, and he's got fights to fucking 2019 and stuff. And I'm looking at these names, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Turns out, this is Charles Jordan I'm looking at. Oh. I was literally sitting here like, whatever stats you're going to pull up are on the next slide, dude. Um, Anyway, when he first signed with the UFC, I was like, this guy's good. This is a great signing. He's got great takedown defense. And in the LFA, he looks spectacular. And he's just been getting some really rough matchups in the UFC. Yeah, he has fought one, one fight with over 100 strikes landed. I mean, come okay. on. He has fought all wrestlers who are just nonstop trying to take him down. And unfortunately for him, they are pretty successful. Rafael Estevam was taken down, took him down several times with nine minutes of control. Mohamed Makayev took him down nonstop. Cody Durden took him down nonstop. So the fact that he's Log- averaging Log- over... Cody Durden. The fact that he's averaging over four significant strikes per minute when he spends the majority of his fight defending takedowns is actually pretty good. Charles Johnson, in summary, pretty good technical striker, not a ton of power, even though he knocked out Jimmy Flick. And the takedown defense is, I would say it's good takedown defense, but he's just been getting ragdolled by some absolute wrestling beasts. Rafael Estevam, for example, Charles Johnson landed four times the amount of strikes. Four times the amount of strikes but gave up nine minutes of control time. He's taking on Azat Moxham. This guy is fast. He's dangerous. He is well-rounded. He can pick people apart on their feet. He can drop them with power. He can out-scramble them. He can out-wrestle them. He can out-grapple them. He is genuinely one of the more talented guys that the UFC signed last year. If you go through his tape study, you're going to see that this guy's pretty comfortable. He's pretty calm. He's pretty collected. He's beaten every style of fighter. We've seen him beat wrestlers. We've seen him beat strikers. And then he made his UFC debut against Tyson Nam. I picked him. I'm pretty sure he was in the safety parlay that week. And he won that fight. But I don't think he looked that good in that fight. He did have some solid pressure. He did showcase his chin. But his wrestling was a bit exposed. He went two for 11. And he only had 22 seconds of control time with those two takedowns. And here's the reality. When I saw this matchup on paper, I instantly was like, is that Maxim's going to be in the safety parlay? Like instantly thought that. Then I watched the tape. Then I started breaking it down. And I still think is that Maxim wins this fight. And I know Tyson Nam is a really tough UFC debut. But to go two for 11 on takedowns, if he goes two for 11 on takedowns with Charles Johnson, I think Charles Johnson could win this fight. So is that Maxim's going to be the pick? I am pretty confident in him. I'm going to chalk that performance up those nine failed takedown attempts to UFC jitters, to UFC debut, and Tyson Nam's spectacular takedown defense. Tyson Nam's also old and headhunts. Well, that's not Charles Johnson. So is that Maxim's going to be the pick? But I did not put him in the safety parlay for a reason. What do you think, Jakey Boy? I think that fight against Tyson Nam showed a lot more about him than, you know, a, a lot of people are coming in this fight, and I think you might have mentioned it as well. I don't think you've mentioned your breakdown, but I think you mentioned me personally that you felt like if he doesn't get the takedowns, he can't win this fight. He's not going to win this fight. Well, he just proved in his last fight that if he doesn't get the takedowns to control, he can still win fights. Tyson Nam is a good striker. He's definitely a more dangerous striker than Charles Johnson. I think that as that was respecting the power, he's a young kid, didn't want to come in against UFC debut and get flatlined. He's been chinned before, obviously not finished. He's 17. No, he recovers well, but he has been set down before, so he respected the power. He didn't commit fully to the wrestling because he knows that Tyson Nam has been around. He's got uppercuts ready. He's got knees ready for these takedown attempts. And as that came in, 
Takedowns didn't work, but he did enough to win. He is a good striker. He can be a volume striker. And Charles Johnson, I like Charles Johnson a lot. He, he, it's awesome that he's always stepping up, taking these fights. He's saving cards, all this. What the fuck is going on I'm there? shaking the propel out of my keyboard. It's a nice fucking keyboard, too. Uh, mopping it up with this nice-ass pullover. He is he is a he is a very he is a super well-rounded guy, but the issue that he gets into and why he loses some of these close fights is he's not a very volume striker. He's a very he's a pressure guy, right? He'll walk you down, but it's kind of empty pressure. He walks you down, but he's not throwing enough to win rounds. I believe that Azat, even on the feet, is going to be the more volume guy on the feet because Charles Johnson's not a super dangerous guy on, on the feet. He's not, he doesn't really land big shots to kind of sway rounds. I think Azat on on the feet is going to be able to do more against Charles, but I also think he's going to get the takedowns too. You mentioned the takedown defense. Charles does definitely make people work. He makes those wrestlers work, right? He might get taken down, but he's back to his knees. He's back up against the fence. You might take him down again, but he does make people work. But I think Azat, with the more... He gets taken down with really good wrestling-style takedowns, right? Makayev was able to take him down, what, 9, 10, 11 10 times. Cody Durden was able to take him down 11 times. Those are the more of the, the wrestling style more in, in compared to, like, the just the trips and the, the jiu-jitsu kind, kind of takedowns. Jesus I get really excited. I get, are you I get fucking fired up, man. And we've had this discussion <laughs> before. You read a script. I sit here. I got nothing in front of me but big yeah. blue skies it, and my penthouse looking shows. across the entire fucking city. I just wing this shit. I'm passionate about it. So I'm going to stumble over my words a few times. Charles Johnson against jiu-jitsu type takedowns has good takedown offense this guy's more of the wrestling style i think he's gonna get the takedowns but even if he can't i think he can still win this fight i'm pretty high on Azat this week and that's no disrespect to charles i just don't think he's he, i don't still think he's got the volume yeah listen i um we both picked the same i don't want to argue with you we, we, we both picked the same guy to I win wouldn't. <laughs> what are you gonna do because we're going to find out February 9th you've, how you've stupid your mouth is. Wow, Angelo, I'm, I'm fatter than you and I can wrestle. Congratulations. But we sit oh, here. Look who's changing tat. The, look who's We sit here tip for tat. I love it. Mental to mental. You've up, never listen. won an argument. You've never sure. won an argument. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, I also love how you change it from, oh, you're just bigger than me and can wrestle. That's interesting pivot from the, oh, I'm going to choke him out. Look at my sprawl while I hump my chair for no reason. Turn. I mean, have you ever? I mean, this is the this is exactly what I'm talking about. You have no idea what mental warfare is because now you now I say that now you're oh he's, he, now he's now you're comfortable you're feeling good and then I come sure. the fucking and there's nothing wrong with that microphone and it still works perfectly fine. Go to sure.com and get your microphone. <laughs> yeah. That'd been a great Even plug. A, Imagine if we yeah. actually were sponsored. That'd be a great plug. <laughs> Yeah, that would have worked out nice. I did reach out to an energy drink company. We'll see how that works out. Um, anyway, uh, we're both on the same side here, so that's why a wild argument would be pointless. Jacob's just much higher on Azat than I am. Uh, I left him out of the safety parlay. I The odds tightened. Minus 210 is much more attractive than minus 300, and we'll see. That might keep moving, and all of a sudden, a minus 150 Azat might be worth a couple of bucks, but I'm going to leave it alone. He's only had one UFC fight. It was against a 40-year-old man, and it wasn't the greatest performance I've seen. Charles Johnson is busy. Charles Johnson's got good striking, and to your point, you were complimenting him, saying he gets taken down by nasty, proper takedown wrestlers. So he can defend all these takedowns, then it is a striking match. So I'm probably going to also sit this fight out uh, or maybe look a little closer on the prop. Also, the over two... Well, I said I was going to sit out me also, not also as in with you. Yeah, you got a a mouse in your pocket? (laughs) I do believe I have the over two and a half in a parlay, though, because neither one of these guys are especially dangerous. 
and both of them are pretty tough. So I think over two and a half should be solid here. If you want to check out if I have that bet and others, we want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. It is only $10 a month. We have 11 fights coming up. You're going to get four UFC events for that $10. There is not a better deal in this game. We want picks.com. Click become a member. I didn't mention the DraftKings, but I'll tell you right now, $8,900 on a Zap Maxim is not worth the money. I'm playing it. You think he gets a finish? Or he just has a million takedowns. That's the only he, way he's going to get... I think he can get 10-plus takedowns against uh, Charles. I think he's going to get Charles down. Charles is going to be able to get back to his knees and then get taken down again. And I think um, I think he's very susceptible to that in this uh, in this fight. So, yeah, if you're asking me if I'm going to play the $8,900, I think that I am going to lay the $8,900 in my DraftKings lineup because, you know, he, I think he's got the striking. I think he's got the, the grappling as well. And I think he can get some control as well. So... You know, $8,900 to me seems like pretty good value compared to the rest of the car. Because if you're looking at some of the other... Fi- <laughs> I'm just fucking... I'm just rough. Right, I mean, it was reasonable. I was letting you know. It was reasonable. <laughs> it's weird because I, I could tell your voice was like weird. <laughs> like I was like, oh, he's like doing a bit. But I'm like, well, he's not saying anything crazy. So. <laughs> I was literally just going to keep going forever. But I, I was like, <laughs> I just got ahead of myself a little bit. But yeah, sorry. $1.99 from Dr. Y. He said, winner rather have 25 to 30 UFC champ belt or BMF. Wait, say, I, that, is he, that, say that again. Is that a stroke? Winner I rather think, have 25 to 30 UFC champ belt or... Not a stroke. That's how it's written. I do think he's mentioned this a few... The, I'm just going to use context clues here. I think this is the belt for the fight between you and I. I'd rather have BMF. Is that waist size? Angelo is, that's, that's not going <laughs> to, a, a 25 to 30 champ belt, that's, uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I might that'll definitely That'll 30, definitely fit Jacob's waist. 100% I get, I get, I get, chance. Yeah, I keep it nice and trim. 100%, 100% chance. Yeah, I keep it nice yeah. and trim. I could fit into a 30. There's no doubt yeah. about that. No, all man. I know, I know, I, I know I wear an XL up top. <laughs> no, you don't. Boom. These shoulders. I have the spread. text, I have the text pulled up. Where you give me your shirt size, and it literally is like, because my arms are long, is what it says. Yeah, I wear big shirts. Yeah, exactly. I have big arms, so I have to wear no, big not, shirts. not big, long. Yeah. You're going to find that out next week. We have the People's Main Event. Next up. No, well, at- well, you got another, uh, you might want to hit that one real quick. Well, Dr. Y is now banned from the live chat so say goodbye to dr y and i'm gonna figure out how to refund the dollar 99 next up at ufc vegas 85 we have molly mccann taking on diana belbita this is a rematch molly mccann won the first time just with relentless wrestling that was it that was the first oh is that so basically but it doesn't matter. That fight was so long ago, and they are both different fighters since then. I haven't even mentioned that this was a rematch in some previous breakdowns because, and I've discussed this many times in this channel, unless the first fight happened in the last year or two, to me, it's not worth it. Too much has changed since then, especially Diana. She was like 18 or 20, something nonsense like that. Well, actually, she was 23. Per okay, week. and now she's 27. So it was four years ago. Anyway... We got Molly McCann, 13 and 6 overall, 3 and 2 in her last five. She is riding a two fight submission skid, taking on Deanna Belbita, 15 and 8 overall, 
two and three in her last five. She is alternating wins and losses. Molly McCann, at this point, we know who she is. She's a very fun, aggressive striker who likes to fight dirty, likes to fight in the pocket. She doesn't have a ton of power, but she does have two back-to-back -back spinning back elbow knockouts in the UFC. And while she does prefer to just stand up and slug it out, she does have some decent takedowns that are well-timed, and she used them to lock up rounds, and she used those against Deanna in their first fight several years ago. She is mostly a decision fighter. She's not this big, huge power kind of fighter, but she is pretty technically sound on the feet. She does have plenty of cardio. She can push a pace, but she is coming off back-to-back -back submission losses. The first one was a quality submission loss. This last one was to Julia Stolarienko, where she only landed six total strikes before being taken down and submitted. She's taken on Deanna Belbita. Deanna's a high-pressure volume striker who can work in some BJJ on the ground. She can work in some ground and pound as well. She's pretty well-rounded, constantly moving forward. She does not slow down. She is effective in the clinch. She's effective standing. She can be effective off her back as well. She's got a lot of experience, but can have some low fight IQ moments from time to time. She's coming off that loss to Karolina Kovashevitz, where she did go two for two on offensive takedowns, but she was a step behind in the striking. But let's not forget that Karolina is a former title challenger who has fought some of the best women on the planet. Second fight in a row, where Molly McCann is a tremendous favorite. And I get it. This time around, this is a fight she has already won. Molly McCann is going down in weight. Shed a couple of pounds, going down in weight, hoping to squeeze out another win. The UFC is like, well, let's give you somebody you've already beat. The UFC wants Molly McCann to do well. Uh, they did give her to Aaron Blanchfield, which they knew wasn't going to go well. But the UFC wants Molly McCann to do well. And that's what this matchup is. I do think Molly McCann wins this fight. I do think she wins. But I don't know how people have not learned their lesson. She was minus two something in her last fight and got taken down and submitted almost instantly. This is a very different fight. Deanna's probably going to strike with her. Molly's going to be bombing heavy, trying to knock her out. Deanna could actually have some success striking, dancing around, bouncing around, and Molly will likely work in a takedown or two. Molly's going to be the pick. This is another don't bet, and I hate to keep saying that over and over on this card, but like, how could you trust Molly McCann at this point? Do you trust Molly McCann? Why would I trust Molly McCann? I'm not even fucking picking her. Well, then go ahead and give us your pick. Then why'd you call me a pussy for saying not betting on it? Fucking idiot. Because I bet on this fight. And, uh, yeah, well, at plus is, 180, become, uh, sure. Two, plus 240, sure. It's not the bet I placed, Angelo. Uh, if you want to see what that is, go to wewillpicks.com. It's only $10 a month. My picks this week only cost you 37 cents. If you take into account everybody and everything that's involved, only $10 a month. Uh, listen. Molly McCann won that first fight, right? The, the rematch, or this is the rematch. The first fight was four years ago, and Angelo doesn't want to talk about it, but I think it's relevant because I don't think either one of these girls has really evolved too much. Molly kind of is the same type of fighter. Diana is the same type of fighter. Definitely think of the two that improved, in my mind, and people aren't going to agree with this, but it's fine because I'm right and they're wrong. Diana, I think, has improved the most, especially with her striking. She's gotten not only more precise with her striking, but she sits down on shots a little bit more. She has more effective striking because back then it was kind of pitter-patter. This was actually at 125 or one, you know, 125. Yeah, because this you said it's this a flyweight, but this is a strawweight matchup. Yeah, um, yeah. 
uh, it was at 125, and this was Deanna's UFC debut at 23 years old. And physically, if you if you go back and watch that fight, physically, she is a completely different person. I mean, she looks. I mean, Deanna looks fucking fantastic now. I mean, there's no doubt about that. How beautiful that she is, and uh, you know, with Indiana's own Cameron Van Camp, Deanna, like I said, if. He is kind of like the, the, I would say, the prince of Indiana when it comes to MMA stuff. And I would consider myself the king. So if you're looking for the, the king of Indiana, no matter where you want to go in Indiana, I can get you in. So uh, uh, Indiana is just so beautiful. What a, what a beautiful state. Wouldn't you agree? Sure. So in that first fight, Molly did win the first fight. And you got to ask yourself, okay, she won the first fight. Right, she even had a Angel. She had a ten-seven round. Can you believe that? A ten-seven round in the second round. So she won. She pretty much dominated that fight in everyone's mind. Why the fuck isn't Molly McCann minus eight hundred? She she dominated the fight. Right, she had a ten-seven round. Why the fuck is Molly McCann not eight minus eight hundred in a rematch four years later when neither one of these girls seems like that really improved? I think Deanna has, but that's besides the point. The, the answer to that is because in that fight, Deanna won the first round. In my mind, I watched the fight back. I thought Deanna won the first round, was pressuring Molly. Molly was doing the wild overhand right stuff. Molly got a takedown, what, 20, 30 seconds left, and they gave her the round because of it. Second round comes. I think Deanna's winning that round. Two or two, three minutes in. Now Molly McCann gets a, a weird scramble, ends up in full mount, is in full mount, raining down some shots for 30, 45, maybe a, a minute in that second round. But guess what happened? Deanna got out of that position, pressured Molly, threw her to the ground, and was striking her. So yeah, Molly won that round, but we're talking about that was a 10-8 round. And then there was a point deduction from Deanna to make a 10-7. I thought that was just a basic 10-9 round. So now you have 1-1 in my mind. And the third round, you saw Deanna kind of getting bullied a little bit. UFC debut, up in weight. Molly was using her physicality. was able to get the takedowns in the third round. But Deanna defended nine takedowns in that fight. A big Molly McCann. Now we got Molly coming down to 115, talking about on her Instagram. It's the hardest thing she's ever had to do. I think this could be a situation. People mentioned in the Discord, a Kelvin Gaslam situation where you're so focused on making the weight. And on Friday, you make the weight and you're feeling good. I did it. I did it. Now all I have to do is fight. And then he kind of gets steamrolled. I think Deanna's going to defend the takedowns, have the pressure striking in the stand-up, and I think she's going to win a decision. I don't think Molly's going to have the power to... Uh, get tired? I mean, this is this passion. I mean, here. yeah, no. How long it's have I been going? Stuff. Because I'm, I feel good about this. It's been a while. Has it been it? a while? You're picking the hot one. Got it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Molly's going to have the power to affect Deanna. Deanna's a very tough girl, and I don't think the takedowns are going to be there. I, uh, she defended nine the first time, and she's gotten better at it. And uh, I'm going Deanna in this matchup to get the job done. Five points. I hope it happens. I've been warning people, don't bet on Molly. She let you down last time as a and tremendous not, favorite. She'll lay you down again. And that's just not because she's hot, right? I mean, Deanna is fucking smoking hot. But that's a good, <laughs> I mean, it's a good breakdown I just gave. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm not biased. Right? Molly's hot, too. Yeah. Great personality. <laughs> Could she fit in a rowboat? Could, would she tip over an average-sized rowboat? You don't I'm even not, know what I'm that's from. Gonna, oh, here we go. Shut the fuck up. I'm not going to sit here and stand for Shut you up, degrading nerd. beautiful women. So I'm, I'm, I'm quoting a TV show, you dork. I know. It's The Office. Michael says it to... Uh, <sighs> yeah, whatever. Oh, who's he say it to? He says it to what's her name? Phyllis. Phyllis. I'm not going to degrade women. What's her name? You're a joke. I mean, that's You're just her on-character show. What's her actual actress name? Go ahead, smart guy. It's Phyllis Blanchfield. Just like Angela's real name is Angela Thomas. And Creed, his real name is Creed. 
idiot. Anyway. Um, we get to the breakdowns? Yeah, we're split. Yeah, Mark. I would rust patch that too. Why don't we why don't we edit in where you I'm said sorry, I've never man. won an argument? Anyway, Molly McCann is my pick. Deanna Bobita is Jacob's pick. Jacob does have a bet on Deanna. Are you gonna throw Deanna in your DraftKings lineup? That is a very affordable price point. Problem is striking only. Yeah, it's, and she's not really live for a finish. I don't think she's gonna finish Molly yeah. or anything crazy. I think she can just outstrike her for three rounds and if she wins, it'd probably be like a 80, 90 point win or something like that. And I mean that could be worth it for sixty nine, but you know, sixty nine is a um Okay. We want picks.com. <laughs> Click become a member. It is only ten dollars a month. You will unlock four fight cards worth of picks, bets, round line leans, tools, insight, and more. We want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. Before we break uh, down this main event, to let me throw you fifty down. bucks. Let them have it, Mark. Come on. Let me give you $50. Just go to the website on the screen. Sign up with any one of our partners using the link. Make a deposit. We send you 50 bucks as a thank you. It's affiliate marketing. They're going to pay me. I'm going to slice off some of that money and give it right back to you. Use the link. Sign up. Make a deposit. We send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Next up, at UFC Vegas 85, we have the main card opener. We have Gilbert Urbina taking on Charles Ratke. This is another fight where people seem pretty split on the outcome. We got Gilbert Urbina, 7-2 and two overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He is alternating wins and losses. Taking on Charlie Ratke, 8-3 and three overall, 5-0 and oh in his last five. He's coming off his first UFC win. This is an interesting fight because Gilbert Urbina is a pretty good grappler. He's competent on his feet as well. Really high volume output kind of guy. He's going to push forward, set a pace. He lands six significant strikes per minute. But if you watch his fights, it's clear he doesn't really have the striking defense. He loves moving forward, but he's going to get hit in the face. He's got a great pace, plenty of cardio. He can run for 15 full minutes. He's coming off that knockout win over Ryan Kose where his striking was on point and he was able to get two takedowns. Taking on Charlie Ratke. This guy is also a grappler. He lowers his level. He will, no, he will shoot proper <laughs> please, shots. Please, and Nope. And then please. immediately works for positions. He's very controlled on the ground. He's very dangerous on the ground. He will hunt for submissions. He will wait for transitions in between. And he will occasionally make a dumbass mistake like pull guillotines and chase other submissions to get out of position. He tends to slow down as the fight goes on, and he is very hittable, but he throws with power. He is very tough. He's coming off that win over Mike Mathetha, where he shocked the world on the microphone. Should be a close fight. I understand people picking Charlie Ratke. I'm going Gilbert Urbina. I think the pace is going to be the difference. I think Charlie's going to slow down. Gilbert's going to speed up and Gilbert's going to win this fight. Gilbert is the pick, but Gilbert has some pretty trash takedown defense. And if Charlie shoots first, he can squeeze out this underdog win. I totally get why people are super high on Charlie this week. I just don't think it's going to matter. I think Gilbert's pace is going to be far too much. Yes, Jacob. Blood. Brother. Brad. That's what you wanted to do? Oh, that's a tattoo? <laughs> what a tattoo, huh? Blood, brother, fucking. Brother. I thought you looked up fucking Phyllis's. Brad. I thought you looked up Phyllis's real name and realized I just made that shit up. But go ahead. Who do you think's winning this fight? The offense. Yeah, I just made it up. Well, there you go. So, never won an argument. So, there you go. What is her name? What is her real name? 
I got scrolling fucking. It's a lot of fucking scrolling for. I know they did it. It was like a list, but she wasn't on the fucking list, and I gotta go through this. She's not on any of the. Oh. oh it's it Phyllis Smith. Oh, so I was close. I said Blanchfield. Yeah, you're, so you're I knew Phyllis was her first it's name. Deputy, that... you wouldn't. You wouldn't get credit. Right, go ahead. And your SAT. Did I not break this down this? already? <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh. Here's the deal. This is another one of those fights where, so I, I think I mentioned the Markel fight. When I break down the the broke down the Markel fight, I thought that Markel honestly was going to be the underdog, just kind of the way the styles of fights and the way that these guys were coming into fights. When I broke down this one, I honestly thought that Urbina might be the underdog. I thought he was going to be the underdog in this matchup, and that's just because I don't love his striking too much. I think he's a little bit too hands low, especially for a guy like Charles Radke. Now Charles Radke is a is a well rounded guy. Not a master of anything. He's pretty well-rounded, but he can also lose anywhere as well. I, I think on the feet, although I just said that Urbina, I don't like his defensive striking, his offensive striking, I think could be good enough to, to chin a guy like Charles. We've seen Charles getting dropped. We've seen him in wrestling lose scrambles and lose those type of positions. And if this fight goes to the ground, I think Urbina does have the the definitely the highest advantage there in my mind if he can get top position. And even if he gets taken down on his back, I think he can sweep a guy like Charles. I think he's good enough in those positions. But Urbina, to me, is the, the better overall fighter. But for some reason, I worry about him in this fight. With the way that he kind of backs up against the fence, Charles is a guy that will kind of get a little bit wild sometimes. He does have power. If there's nothing else that, that Charles has or that, that he's good at, he definitely does have power. And the way that Urbina kind of acts sometimes against the fence with his hands low, it worries me a little bit. Urbina's going to be my pick. But I thought he was going to be a dog in this, so I'm definitely not paying, you know, minus 200 for something like that. Charles is definitely going to be live uh, in this fight. Buff, was it Buff Chuckalo? <laughs> what the f Chuck Buffalo? What the Chuck fuck Buffalo. Is Chuck Buffalo, his nickname. Uh, blood Brother Pride. Uh, <laughs> that does Urbina's, sound like yeah. he wears a sheet with a couple. That's a, uh, especially with I don't know if you remember his post fight. Uh, I do remember, and I yeah. said that in my breakdown. Yeah, that actually that. Now checks out. Yeah, one plus one sometimes with those baby, <laughs> with, those, with those baby blue eyes comes sometimes that equals two. Uh, what color I'm are your up, eyes? I'm going uh, also Urbina. pale, pale Midwest boy. What color are your eyes? They're blue. It's, it's a, oh, I don't have red just hair. A little peek behind the curtain. Hair. Yeah, you can't have red hair with blue eyes. Look it up. Okay. So thank All you. Right. You're right. I do have blue eyes. So that just you just ruin your whole ginger thing. The whole ginger thing is literally completely destroyed. I didn't now call you a ginger. You tried, because wow, somebody's you a little self. Oh, oh about big it. red. Hey, well, big red. Red's got a, a question. You always call me red. So now is it's your, completely Is your beard gone. not red? You, Are you, you not loaded with freckles? You didn't sacrifice. You sacrificed the entire ginger storyline to call me a racist. Not to call you. I just asked you what color your eyes were. Well, you try to make a one plus one plus one equals three, and now everything's out the window. I hope you were happy. I'm picking Arbina here. I think he's the better overall fighter, but I do worry a little bit. I also pick Arbina. I think he's good to go. I preferred minus 155 over minus 200. I just think the straight-up output from him is going to be the difference. I think he's just forward pressure, nonstop movement. Charlie Radke had a very different fight in Mike Mathetha. It, it was a very... Mike is good at one single thing, and Charlie just had to duck that big punch. Him Blood Diamond. I, I don't know. I think he's I just like list, the fake. He literally is listed everywhere as Blood Diamond. Even if you look up Mike Matheson, no, I know. Like the fight, you have to look up Blood Diamond. I think the UFC put his name as Mike Matheson, though. No, he's Blood Diamond in the fight. Oh, they put in there too. Yeah, it's oh. all Blood Diamond. Yeah, it looks yeah. just Blood uh. Diamond. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, anyway, so even in that Blood Diamond fight, Charlie just had to worry about one thing, which is getting knocked out, and he would just dive, hang on to the legs. And he almost knocked out Blood Diamond. Yeah, he did He did land well on short notice, no less. So either way, this should be a really good fight, potentially fight of the night, great main card opener. $9,000 in DraftKings. Gilbert's only worth that if you think he just gets that wrestling going. I think this fight goes the distance. I know others disagree. We do have a bet on premium to talk about that. And if you want to unlock that bet on premium, we want picks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. And you're going to get four events worth of picks, insight, information, tools, and more for that 10 bucks. Cool mini sprite can. I don't know how many times we got to go through that. It's it's not many. Sure. Why don't you pour it into a clear glass? See how. Now. Oh, shoot. Damn. Next up, at UFC Vegas 85, we have Alishkab Krzyzhev taking on Mahmoud Muradov. Alishkab Krzyzhev is 14-0. He is undefeated in his career with nine stoppages. Mahmoud Muradov is 20. you just 20- make yourself laugh just by pronouncing because his Because I, I had his name. The first time I broke this down, I fucking nailed it, and I bragged, and I was like, I could teach Arabic. I've gotten so good at it. And I was like, you remember years ago? Arabic? Look at me now. And then, well, because those are especially hard names to pronounce. Um, anyway, and plus my brother speaks it fluently. Anyway. Cool. Congrats on having a brother. <laughs> I've got three. Each one better than the last. Who says that? Oh, Mr. The Office. Except it's not brothers, it's cousins. Dwight says it. I've oh, got, he's okay. like, I've got 15. Cool. Each one better than the last or something like that. Mr. Uh, Mr. The Office trivia guy. Okay. Anyway. Another lost argument. Um, Khrushchev, 14-0, undefeated, nine stoppage wins. Taking on Mahmoud Muradov, 26-8 overall. I don't even know that. Because you said congrats on the brother. I sent Jacob a private text, and he's asking about the text. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I thought it was a funny joke. Um mm. <laughs> Mahmoud Muradov, 26-8 mm. overall, 3-2 in his last now. five. Coming off the decision win over, <laughs> over Brian no, Barbarella. No, get it now. Kizharev is a pretty hyped middleweight prospect. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he fights exactly the way that you would expect a guy with that beard and that lack of mustache to fight. He's going to come forward. He's going to bomb punches and look for takedowns. Relentless wrestling. If he gets it to the ground, he's got relentless top pressure. And he will hold you on the ground. Fantastic submissions as well. And he's not just looking for a wrestling wet blanket style win. He will chase those submissions and he will look for a finish. He comes forward. He sets a pace. And he tries to get you out of there. He is coming off that second round submission win over Dennis Tululin. Where a lot of people feel that Dennis was winning that fight and had a lot of success. I just think it took him a minute to find his rhythm. He's taking on Mahmoud Muradov. This guy's a good boxer. He's got nice low kicks. Solid fundamentally and is very clean with his technique. His striking differential is a solid 4-2. to two. His wrestling offense is 66%, and he ties it all out with a wrestling defense of 77%. He's coming off that decision win over Brian Barberena, where he had an impressive 13 takedowns and two knockdowns. But as I've said many, many times here, 13 takedowns just means that 
Brian Barberina stood up 12 times. Muradov, uh, solid underdog here at plus 147. That line has remained pretty constant for a couple of weeks. No dramatic movements there uh, outside of the initial drop from one nine or uh, yeah, drop from 190 to 145. I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to like him as a dog. He's plus 130 now, so it's tightening even more. I've seen in the typology comments in our Discord a lot of people like Muradov here. I'm going to respectfully disagree. He is a very good striker. He does have some solid submission defense. But I think Krajiv is just a different animal. I think he's going to come forward, bomb away, and just get him to the ground without any issue. I think it's going to be a boring-ish fight because krajiv has got great takedowns. Muradov's got great submission Kizraev. defense. Kizraev's got great takedowns. Muradov's got great submission defense. I think we are going to get a wet blanket decision win out of Kizriev. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I... I'm actually surprised that more people or there is a lot of people on Muradov. There's a lot more people than I would have thought because um, I, I, I broke down this fight. I was pretty excited to break down this fight. I watch a lot on this fight. And I was, I'm was i surprised that more people are, are on Muradov because Kizrayev, he's everything that everyone wants these days, especially when you're betting, right? An undefeated Russian grappler. Um, you know, with with all these finishes as well, you would think that this guy, honestly, I thought this guy was going to be minus 300, minus 350. And that just goes to show the respect that people do have for Muradov in this matchup. I think it is warranted. When I watch Kizriev, I see a guy that is very good when he's good, right? And that's really kind of all we've seen. Right, 14-0, he's never really run into any issues. You see first-round finishes, second-round finishes. He has one third-round fight. Even in his decision wins early on, they're only two-round fights, so they have decision wins and two-round fights. And when I'm watching him against Dennis Tolulin, right? This is his first fight in two years. He's not a super active guy, right? 2017, then he fights He fights 2015, then 16, then 17, then, then 18, and then 20, and then he's back in 2023, whatever it was. He's not a super active guy. When I'm watching this guy fight, especially against the competition of Dennis Tolulin, which Dennis Tolulin is not Muradov. I'll tell you that fucking right now. He is Agreed. nowhere close to a guy like Muradov. But I'm watching Kizrayev in there. I'm watching body language. And I'm watching the shots that he's eating. And he, and he got the takedown. He got the finish. I don't, see, I, don't, I don't see a killer. I really don't see a killer. What I relate him to, and we're going to find out. I'm going to be either really, really right or really, really wrong. And I'm fine with that. But when I watch this guy fight, I see Alexander Romanov. Right, a guy that came in was would get early takedowns versus people, just smash their face and get the finish. Right, and then the second that he came up against adversity, the second that shit wasn't working, he fucking folded like a lawn chair. And I think that Kizriev's gonna come in, and it's fun and it's good to fight. He's not an active guy; he's not grinding for a title. He just kind of shows up and fights, and he's good at what he does. But the second that he can't get a takedown, Muradov, because Muradov is a very good grappler in his own right. That fight versus Kayo. I mean, the only reason that Kyle you know, won that fight, which a lot of people don't think he won that fight, was he had to use every every percentage of his jujitsu in that fight with the guillotines, with the sweeps. He had to do it, and he is way better at jujitsu than Kizrev. Kizrev has jujitsu, but he's more of a wrestling style type of guy. So Muradov in that fight did did very very well. Kizrev eats right hands. 
Muradov, that's his best fucking shot, is a right hand. And Kizraev is not built for three rounds, I don't believe. He came out that second round versus Dennis, and yeah, he ended up getting that t- that takedown to win the fight, but I thought in his eyes, he was like, ah, shit, man. Like, this is this is tougher than I thought it was going to be. Muradov is going to come in. People are going to give him shit for that, G- that, that, that Gerald fight, right? He kind of, Gerald kind of homered him since in his way to his win, and you saw Muradov make the adjustment. Came in against Kayo, had the cardio through three rounds against, um, his last fight, I almost said Drew Dober, but it's uh, Dolby, or Dolby, right? I mean, Murano nice. just beat Brian Barberino. Brian Barberino, same Dolby, same guy. Brian Barberino's a, a tough, durable <laughs> guy. He was landing that right hand, showed good fight IQ, went three rounds. I think that the way you beat Muradov is you have to wear him down. And honestly, Kizriaf, I don't think he's got the guessing. This isn't a guy that's been fighting three-round decisions and then doing all this stuff. He has a lot of early finishes. Doesn't fight frequently. We see the body style that he brings to 185 at a 5'9 frame. I think Muradov's the way better striker. Can even out-scramble him. And, and, and if anybody's going to win the cardio advantage in this fight, I think it's Muradov as well. So I don't, I'm don't. i not worried about him going the distance. I think he's the more dangerous striker, and I think he can survive on the ground. So this whole wet blanket thing for Kizrayev, I think, is a joke. He's never shown that he's done that. He's got the early finishes. He doesn't get the early finish here, and I think Muradov may some pay and gets a finish second or third round the reason i don't think he's going to get the finish is because muradov has such good submission defense we saw that in the kayo fight so i listen I, you made a compelling argument there and this is not a hill i'm going to die on i do think he's just too good at wrestling i think it's i think it's that basic but it's been so easy for him and i don't think this is you mentioned and you I, don't and think I it's still, gonna be easy I, I think the takedowns will be easy I don't think there's going to be submissions there. I think the takedowns will think be that, easy. And you think those same takedowns that, that Dennis started stuffing as well, right? I mean, Dennis had some success with with I, almost then got he wins own. a twenty nine. Then he wins a twenty nine twenty. I don't think he's got the gas tank. I don't think this dude's built for this. I, I literally, if this is the same pace as the Kyo fight, this dude Kizri is not fucking built for that. He's not. I don't think it'll be that pace. Kyo set that pace. It won't be. He, 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 Muradov's going to make him work, even if he gets a takedown, and he's I don't, he's going to gas, man. This dude's going to death gas and fuck a lot of people this week. Like I said, this is not a hill I'm going to die on because I, I, your red flags are, first of all, there's a tremendous size difference here. 5'9 to 6'2, that matters, especially when you're the wrestler. I, I, here's what I want everyone to do is just watch the, if you're on the Kizriev side, watch his last fight against Dennis. Watch those right hands that Dennis was eating. Dennis has decent power, but not anything crazy. He kind of pops that shit out there. But snapping the head back of Kizriev and then go watch Muradov and the way he throws those right hands and was hitting Brian Barbarino. I mean, he's this dude's not going to eat those fucking right hands. He's just not going to do it. He's just not going to do it. Yeah, listen, I uh, I am going to stand firmly on my side, but I understand the argument on the other side. The general consensus in the chat right now, and where I've seen in the Discord and other chats, is that Murado's very good. He's just too low volume, which I can see that as well. But um, his biggest asset will be his gas tank and his submission defense for sure. To Jacob's point. We've seen a lot of hammering, no nailing out of Chris Eve just yet. And uh, it could be a Mike Malott situation or something like that. But we are split I see, on this I think fight for I sure. I think it's going to be Romanov. I think, I think he is Romanov. I mean, to be that he, good. He literally just, looks not, like Romanov right here, too. <laughs> and he's just like, why you're not fighting very much? I don't know if you got fight drops and stuff like that. But still, it's like, I just don't know. I think Maradov's in it to win it, man. That dude's a... He's definitely uh, transitioned into his second career here and been quite successful at it. So I hear you. $7,400 in DraftKings, you going to spend that money? Yes. But you didn't like the trend. What's your problem? What's your problem? Well, 
he does have a uh, yeah, quite the history. A little bit of a <laughs> little bit of a background that uh, that isn't for this form. community. Yeah, Sean Strickland would very much have an issue You're, with uh, Mahmoud Muradov's. Actually, like 20 that bucks, twenty bucks. The lead up to a Sean Strickland Mahmoud Muradov fight would be a wild press conference. <laughs> Those imagine? would be wild press conferences. Could you imagine? Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. He's well, a great if, looking dude, man. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Fucking beautiful man. If that was I my style, it. I'd watch those videos. <laughs> if, that, if that was if my I thing. If I showed up to the shoot and he walked in, <laughs> all right. Okay. Don't no even have problema. to pay me. Yeah. Muy bonito. Bonito. Anyway, if you want to unlock all the picks, <laughs> the bets. That, that video was awesome. Oh, Phantom did a little bit of a deep dive. Um, so you want to uh, unlock all the picks, the bets, the round line leans, and more. WeWantPicks.com. Click become a member at the top. You will unlock one full month's worth of events. That is four events coming up. Ooh. Next up. At UFC Vegas 85, we have Vivian Arujo taking on Natalia Silva. Vivian Arujo, 12-5 and five overall, 2-3 and three in her last five. She is coming off that grapple-heavy win over Jennifer Maya. She is taking on Natalia Silva. Natalia Silva, 16-5 and five overall, 5-0 five oh in her last five, riding a 10-fight win streak. This is a very good fight for a couple different reasons. First, Vivian Arujo is dangerous. She's a grappler who's very comfortable striking as well. She got technical boxing, great low kicks, but she does get hit pretty often and she's got a negative striking differential which you will see here. And I yeah, I just if I, I just found if I yeah, push through it, you might not notice. I mean, I stumbled over my word one time and you like stopped oh, the no. fucking show. It was it was way more than stumbling over the word one time. Anyway, Vivian Arujo's got that technical boxing, great low kicks. She gets hit pretty often and has a negative striking differential, but she is athletic. She's fast. She's always looking for a finish, whether that's on her feet or on the ground, but conditioning can be an issue for her later in round. She averages almost two takedowns per fight. She has an impressive 77% takedown defense, and she is coming off that decision win over Jennifer Meyer where she landed half the total strikes, but she did have seven minutes of control time. She's taking on Natalia Silva. Natalia Silva is very well-rounded, mm. always fun to watch. She will come in there, get in your face, mm. and duke it out. It could look mm. like a brawl, but everything she's doing seems to be setups, seems to be technical. She does a good job baiting you in mm. before she's going to execute what she wants to execute on. Good upper body takedowns, mm. good control on top. She's insanely powerful for the division, mm. and we have seen her not only win by knockout, mm. but we've seen knockouts late. She has a third-round knockout, which mm. means that power, she takes that all the way through the entire Take fight. Natalia Silva might be that good. She might be that girl. She might be a top five fighter in this division. She is 4-0 in the UFC. She has looked incredible in every single one of those fights. We saw her out-wrestle Jasmine Jazza-Devicious. We saw her outstrike Andrea Lee. She finished her other two opponents. I can't even balance this breakdown out with how Arujo can win because I don't think Arujo can win this fight. Obviously, it's a fist fight. We've seen far more ridiculous upsets. I The camera turned on the... Uh, a little ghost behind go. you or something. That the auto really, tracking. Uh, no, I, I saw uh -oh. it turn blue. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. I don't even, outside of a lucky punch, I, I don't know what Arujo's game plan would be to win this fight. Uh, very confident in Natalia Silva, but that line is starting to take off a little bit. What do you think, Jakey Boy? 
The craziest part, first of all, Angela and I can't stress this enough. Yeah, both of these women. Go ahead. I love both these women. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> wow. I, I, I do love both of these women. Vivi, I believe former Lock of the Week. I think that was an early on Lock of the Week, and for sure one because we don't lose Lock of the Weeks. Natalia <laughs> came in her UFC debut, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this every time she fucking fights because I'm very proud of it. She came off her UFC debut was three years since her last fight, and people didn't know what to expect in their fight. I sat here, and you can watch the breakdown versus Jasmine. I sat here and I said, listen, I did the deep dive on the Instagram. Her striking is fucking incredible. I believe that she's going to come in, keep the distance, use her striking against Jasmine, and win that fight. And if you listen to Dominic Cruz on the breakdown of that fight, Mr. Film himself, he literally said, there's no way, after Natalia's like looking fantastic, he's like, well, there was no tape out there, so there was no way to know that Natalia was going to come in. Fuck, motherfucker, I knew, because I sit here and I do the deep dive research, de research, whoa, de-search as well, on all these <laughs> on your all D, these yeah, Your D Instagrams. was searching. I yeah. on all the D, I do, let's coin the term. I do the D search on all <laughs> these Instagrams, and I saw that she was a dominant striker. And the craziest part about this a 16 and 5 fighter, you wonder, like, oh, five losses. She started her career one and three. At one point, she was a one and three fighter. And now I believe that she's kind of the dark horse of this division to kind of come out of nowhere to win a. What's so funny about that? D search is solid. I the D, I do Thank the you. D search is it's solid. That's a good one. Because right? everybody knows what a creep and everything. Get the yeah, fucking it's... go buy the domain real quick. There you go. <laughs> Dsearch.com. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Um, but I, let me let me just say this too, since we're on the D search side, I I have a thing for. I do have a thing for curly oh. hair. I don't know what it is. So when I'm seeing two Brazilians both, on the yeah, screen both and these? both have curly hair, I really got to really focus up. But I do. Are you a curly hair, straight hair guy? I can't stand curly hair. When I first met Tiffany, she moved to Connecticut and she didn't have her straightener. So her hair was like. And you were like, you're a fucking ugly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think. If, you're, if your then wife she, comes in she here with a natural. She has to. <laughs> you're telling me that your wife has to straighten her hair every fucking day or you don't find no, her sexually it was, attractive? It That's was what you're telling me. It was insanely curly. I'll what find a, a picture. What a terrible life she has to live. I'll find she, a picture She wakes up a little day. humid out and she fucking panics because that, if that gets frizzy at all, Angela's going to be fucking <laughs> Angela's out. You better fucking straighten that hair. You better fucking straighten that hair. Here, I'm going to find our first date ever. Oh, here we go. This would be curly fun. ass hair. But anyway, I'll, while you're looking for that, I will finish breaking down this fight. I am going to go to Natalia here because her footwork. I, I like Vivi, and if she's able to get a takedown or two, I don't even think she's going to be able to hold Natalia to the ground. Vivi came in against Amanda Hebos, which. Wait. What? Oh, I actually. So I actually was at that fight. So this oh, was the fight. That Jesus. was the. This was the fight. Uh, 285, where I actually met uh, Amanda Hebos. Uh, I was actually at the fight, so I know I know Vivi very very well. Amanda Hebos isn't the type of level of taekwondo striker as Natalia as far as keeping the space. And Amanda Hebos had no issues with Vivi, right? She was able to keep her away with just a nice jab, keep the distance, defend the takedowns. Actually dropped Vivi on her own, so Amanda Hebos dropped her, was out grappling Vivi after that situation, completely dominated that fight in front of me and, and 20,000 fans. And it was one of the best nights of my life. I mean, to sit there... And walk down the stairs, and then Amanda comes walking up, and she's so excited, and she sees my shirt, and we have a little hug. She's like, okay, can you, we, can you get back to this fight? Sorry. Or? And then, um, so Natalia says the pick. Okay, great. Congratulations. Uh, pretty obvious pick, pretty straightforward pick. Uh, I trust her. Obviously, 
you know, um, Vivian Arujo is very, very dangerous. Anything can happen in a fist fight, but I trust Natalia Silva. The problem, though, is $9,500 is a lot of money to spend in DraftKings, and it's a tricky situation because Natalia can finish people. She has finished 50% of her UFC fights. I don't know if she's going to finish Vivi. Vivi's nah, insanely tough. She, she slows tough. down like crazy, but she, she is very tough. Yeah, she's so, not going to give up. While Natalia might be my most confident pick on the card, she's not necessarily worth that $9,500 in draft kicks. I mean, Amanda um, dropped her and immediately jumped on her, and and she didn't. And if, if, if anybody is finishing anybody, it's uh, Amanda Hebos is going to get the finish, which, sure. by the way, March 23rd, oh um, she God. is going to get the finish versus Rose, whatever her name is. And uh, it's going <laughs> to be an incredible moment for everyone. Well, if you want to unlock all the picks, the bets, the round line leans, and everything else, go to wewantpicks.com, click become a member at the top. It is only... $10 for an entire month. What am I hearing? Well, I thought you were going to bring up a wedding picture or something. Uh, I didn't find it yet. Our first date. That's why I got to go back many, many years. Whew, 80s. Uh, <laughs> I'll find it. I see baby here, pregnant. She got the Polaroid. Wedding. Look how thick my hair was. Dude, I was a good looking dude, man. What happened? I have a couple pictures. I'll show. I'll show my Facebook here in a second. You'll show your Facebook, huh? Well, that's, well, that's where all these idea. pictures are. That's, that's all these pictures. I mean, I, I, dude, I was good. Like a great idea. Looking. It is what crazy happened? that we are going in just completely different directions. <laughs> like every day, I look in the mirror. I do think, like, holy shit, I'm doing it right. I'm do. I'm. I'm about to start doing it. And then every day, you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, fucking kids, man. Here, hold on. I mean, look at Ange. Holy shit, look at this. Like, look at good-looking Ange, dude. Ah, little Damn. waves in those hair. Looking ugly as shit for Tiffany, right? Right, buddy? Hold on, I'll find the picture. Holy shit, we're really doing this, huh? My gracious. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Where the hell is this stupid Apple picture? Sorry, I mean, Mark, I, I, I'm trying to get to the fights, too, right, so I don't fine. know what's... Here we, here we go. Here, fine, 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 fine. I don't want to comment this week about, oh, Jacob Sullivan not only game. After that stunt you just pulled? I, just, I mean, I just, I'm astonished by how good my hair was. Why Imagine can I not... Imagine if you knew you were that good looking while you were that good looking. It's too late I now. I know, and I always thought I was going to get better looking. Fuck that up. And my friends are like uh, the thickest hair. Your friend, all every in time phenomenal I see a picture shape. of your friend, they're beautiful. It, it, it actually is very funny. I mean, and that's not even a joke. They really, it's no, like I know. Typical like New York financial bro type dude that's now 35, 40 with a, with a kid or two, you know, just like a, the cool dad, all the little silver coming in, you know. I mean, it's annoying because Tiffany knows too. Because Tiffany be like, oh, is John going to be there? It's like, what the fuck, Tiff? Like, what the fuck? Uh-oh. Yeah, so is his hot wife. Also, Tiff. she's showing up in the bar with curly hair. That's when you're really going to know the second she lets that hair get curly. That's a uh, red flag. Next up, at UFC Vegas 85, we have Randy Brown taking on Muslim Salikov. Randy Brown, 17-5 and five overall, 4-1 and one in his last five years, coming off that very straightforward win over Wellington Terman. He's taking on Muslim Salikov. Muslim Salikov is 19-4. and four. Three and two in his last five. He's coming off the loss to Nicholas 
Dalby. This is a late edition fight. Neither one of these guys were on this card already, but this fight was added maybe three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, something like that. So I don't know if they were on other cards or how this ended up here, but this fight just popped up out of nowhere. We got Randy Brown. This guy's a good striker. He uses his range really well. He's very, very tall for this weight class, and he takes advantage of that. He uses long jabs. And he's going to kick to keep you at bay. But then when he's ready, he's going to use the speed, use that range, and initiate some boxing exchanges. He has nine takedowns in the UFC. And while he doesn't go to them often, he's got nice trips and solid jujitsu on the mat. He's very good and a lot of fun to watch. He's coming off the bounce back win over Wellington Terman, where he won the striking and the grappling exchanges, taking on Muslim Salikov. This guy is quite old, but... Solid striker. He hits very hard. He's got wrestling if he needs it. He doesn't hold anything back. Almost every single strike he throws is a significant strike. He's got good takedown defense, solid takedown offense. Very, very good striking. He is coming off that loss, though, to Nicholas Dalby, where he landed more strikes, and he did have a couple of takedowns, but he was backing up, and he gave up more than six minutes of control. Muslim's going to be dangerous in this fight and every other fight that he's in, but he is slowing down. He's pushing 40 He's starting to lose 40 He's starting to lose cardio. Doesn't seem to have that sting in his punches anymore. I think Randy's going to play that outside game. Randy has no problem being technical, taking his time. And I think that's what he's going to do here. And I think that's going to get him the win. So Randy is the pick. And I am pretty confident in that. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah. Uh, so Randy's going to be my pick as well. But trusting a guy like Randy, in my mind, is a very hard thing to do because Randy is a good fighter but Randy also knows that he's a good fighter and he gets in there and he gets a little bit wild he gets a little bit crazy he gets a little bit lazy in the defense and you saw that happen against Jack Della Maddalena which this same situation could happen I'm begging Randy Brown now right now that you got to respect Muslim. You got to respect his power because, yeah, he's 40 years old, whatever he is, but he's still got some nice pop to those shots. And if you watch those Nic the, the Nicholas Dalby fight, there's some shots there that if it's not Nicholas Dalby in that fight, people are probably getting dropped. And he came in against Jack Della Maddalena. And Jack Della Maddalena just kind of took his time, had the nice high boxing guard, was just eating shots, and Randy Brown's popping the jab, popping the jab, hands low, head moving, gets against the fence, tried to get a little cute instead of putting his hands up and exiting out of the clinch. He gets a little bit cute with the head movement and gets put out. I think this fight's going to be very, very close because I believe that Randy Brown is going to get a little overconfident in the first round. I think he's going to get hit with some power, and people are going to be like, ah, oh, man, that was a good, powerful shot. Who won that first round? And then we're going to get to the second round, and Randy's going to now respect Muslim. And if he respects Muslim, he's going to be trying to point fight Muslim. And if, if he's point fighting Muslim, I think it's a, I think it's, I think it could be 50-50. So I, I'm going Randy Brown here, but he, to me, he is a hard guy to trust because he's the better fighter here. But he gets a little bit lax of days going his defense, and Muslim, I think, still has some pop in the in the karate style that he throws so randy's the pick he's the better fighter it's a tough one for me i l listen i hear you and it, it is tricky because i am confident in randy to win i think the age is a factor the speed the range all fighter. of those things he's yeah but i agree like you can't always count on him he's not the most reliable person in the world but this is also a sketchy card like outside of natalia silva it's a pretty small playing field of who the confident picks are. 
So Randy Brown's got to be one of my more confident picks. But to your point, my most confident pick or one of my more confident picks on this card versus another card are very different picks. So I hear what you're saying. Muslim is dangerous. Dude only has four losses. He's got the better body of work so far. And Randy Brown, that that one in that four and one in his last five was just Randy Brown being Randy Brown, which is concerning. But we're both on the Randy Brown side. The yeah, odds of this fight. I, honestly, I thought he lost to Wellington. So. Oh, I, 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 I don't know. I, th- I thought he won that fight. The fact that he won the grappling oh, exchanges another, was like. Another uh, argument lost yeah. for you. Sure. The fact that he won the grappling exchanges was like, okay, well, that was supposed to be Wellington's thing. I'm starving. All right. Well, we got two left. You're going to spend the $9,100 in DraftKings? He's going to need to finish Muslim, and Muslim is tough, so that's not going to be worth it. Not for me. Yep. I agree. If you want to check out all the bets, the picks, the round line leans, and more from not only me and Jacob, but six other analysts, go to wewantpicks.com, click become a member. At the top, it is only $10 a month. Next up, at UFC Vegas 85, we have the fierce look. From Hanato Moicano. Tell me that isn't Blue Steel from Zoolander. Taking on I kind of look like Moicano. Both good-looking dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so handsome. I think that if these two had a Maraud off, they would make me. Had a Maraud off? I mean, it, you know, I guess I kind of get it. Maybe I got to watch the video. We got Hanato Moicano taking on Drew Dober. Hanato Moicano, 17 and 5 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, coming back after a year away. Taking on Drew Dober, 27 and 12 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, coming off that knockout win over Ricky Glenn. This is an interesting fight because Hanato Moicano is probably the better fighter. He's a high-level BJJ black belt. He's also a very technical striker, and he doesn't really have stoppage power. He doesn't have that one-punch knockout power, but he has volume, he has a good pace, and he has the technique. We saw that in his fight with Brad Riddell. He was outstriking Brad Riddell, and at one point in time, Brad Riddell was the Tiger Muay Thai striking coach. So Hanato Moicano, very good striker, very good grappler. Problem is, almost no power, and I think he can be a little bit chinny. He averages two takedowns per fight with a 46% accuracy, but as we saw in that Riddell fight, he doesn't even need to shoot a takedown to get a scramble or get a submission. Taking on Drew Dober. We know this guy by now. Great chin, both to look at and for uh, function. People are going to say his chin's not there anymore. Favola, yes, Matt Favola knocked him out. But I don't know what evidence there is to say that he has no chin anymore. He didn't get rocked against Ricky Glenn or anything like that. But I have seen more than... <laughs> he didn't get rocked against Ricky Glenn. But my point is, people in the comments are like, his chin is gone, Favola ruined. Favola knocked him out cold. That doesn't mean his chin is gone. Well, but I'm saying, that doesn't mean his chin is gone. That means that he was dropped by one of the harder hitters. Technically, his chin did go. Anyway, we got Drew Uh, Dober. It was in the lost and found. I don't know if he picked it up after the fight. We're going to find out if he went to find that chin after the fight. This isn't the fight to find out. Hanato Mercado doesn't hit hard. This is not the fight to find out. Hmm. Drew Dober. I can't wait for that. Drew Dober, technical striker. He is a kickboxer. Um, and he's going to bait people into thinking that they can strike with him because you can land on Drew Dober. And people will connect. And instead of going to a grapple-heavy game plan, they'll be like, oh, I'm having success. I'm having success. They'll keep throwing punches. And then Drew Dober's going to land that big shot. That's exactly what happened against Bobby Green. Bobby Green was the better striker. Bobby Green was having success. Drew Dober blasted him in the second round and got it done. 
Moicano's a good size favorite here. When I broke this fight down two weeks ago, he was a minus 145 favorite. He is now a minus 175 favorite. I get it. He's a technical striker. He's a high-level grappler. But I do think he is chinny. He does get hit a lot. He has not fought in over a year. I like Drew Dober here. I have a small small money line bet on Drew Dober. I think Drew can trick Moicano into a striking match and then land big, heavy punches. The reason it is a small bet is I fully recognize how good and dangerous Moicano is. But I'm still going Drew Dober here. What do you think? So I have a little bit of history here. You mentioned Drew Dober and Matt Frivola, and I sat here, as I as I do every every Tuesday. You guys should like and subscribe the video if you if you if you're new around here. And I sat here and I said that that Matt Frivola was going to knock out Drew Dober. Got a lot of hate for it, Angelo. I think you would agree that week. I also my... picked Matt Frivola in that fight. Yeah, we both were on that side. Cool, bro. He was my oh. lock of the week, and I was the oh. first person that said that nope. he was going to knock out. Drew Dober, right? I didn't sit here and be like, oh, Matt Favola, he's going to be my pick, but you got to be careful because Drew does show, because that's a guarantee. That's how you broke it down. I sat here and said that Matt Favola was the faster fighter, was going to beat him to the punch, and was going to knock out Drew Dober, and everyone laughed at me all week. That's exactly what happened. I'm telling you, and I'm sitting here right now, and I'm telling you this. I believe, I don't know if he's going to get the KO win, but I believe that Moicano is going to knock Drew Dober down in a style that Charles Oliveira knocks people down with just a nice straight shot. Because if you watch that Brad Riddell fight, he was landing some really nice shots. He's shown some really nice improvements with his hands. I think he's just going to continue to improve. And as you continue to improve with the technique, the power comes behind it. And Drew Dober, that wasn't the first time he was knocked down against Matt Favola, right? We've seen him, and that's why he was known as the Crimson Chin guy, because he could get knocked down, but he would always get back up. And he started to make his way back up against Favola. He wasn't completely knocked out in that fight. But if you get hurt against these guys like, like Charles Oliveira, right? It's a club and a sub. I believe that he is going to knock down Drew Dober. And when he gets knocked down against Moicano, if you go to the ground, guess what? Game over. You're probably going to get submitted. I would not be surprised if Moicano comes out of this with a KOTKL. People would be like, Oh my God, Jacob, you fucking idiot. He's never knocked out anybody. He has zero. Nobody has a knockout until they have a knockout. Moicano is too good and too high level to just go his whole career without knocking somebody out. It's going to happen eventually, and I think it can happen to Drew Dober because I don't think Drew Dober is really that good. He's got power. That's about it. If he doesn't find the power, I think Moicano can win the striking exchanges, and obviously if it goes to the ground, Moicano is going to dominate on the ground. I'm very high on Moicano in this fight. I think he wins however he wants to. People are, are going to question his chin. I think he's been fine at 155, but um, Drew Dober's got power. That's about it. And I think Morcano can beat him to the spot just like Favola did. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Morcano this week. Yeah, I don't see the knock. I, I totally could see Morcano winning this fight. Technical striker, if he avoids a firefight, can have some success. Um, but I, I don't see the Morcano knocking out Drew Dober. I just don't see it. Well, certainly submit him. Uh, he could certainly submit I mean, him. That's, I mean, it's okay. you're, you, you're not an envisionist like I am. You see stuff and it's, it's black and white. It's cut and dry. Mm -hmm. And this is what the numbers say. But I'm an envisionist. I'm, a, I'm an imaginary. I, I sit here and I dream all night and I put those dreams into action. A lot of week and all this stuff. Sure. And uh, and I, I, I've pictured it and I can see it. And uh, Hanata Moicano, I believe in you, buddy. Cool. Um, Frederick Anthony said McKinney almost finished Dober as well. Almost is the key word, and McKinney is very good and very dangerous. So, if anything, that just showcased how insanely tough Drew Dober is and not a slight on him or his skill set. I totally understand people picking Moicano. I don't think it's ridiculous. You're not going to get a rant and rave out of me. Yes, 
Baby this red. This was for the last two weeks. All I've had is people messaging me. Drew Dober's lock of the week, right? He's got to be lock of the week. He's got to be. Yeah, lock I see of the a week. lot of that. So yeah. I, I went into this thinking like, oh, people really like Drew Dober. Let me see what they're seeing. I didn't fucking see it. I, I'm not gonna. I only have a half unit on it. Again, yeah, I, you said I you get it. Argue, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah, again, you want you wouldn't you don't want to lose another one? Sure. This absolute clown. If you want to, you gonna spend the eighty four hundred on Moicano? You think he's gonna knock him out? That's a great price point. So I imagine you are. Uh, I think whoever wins this fight will score incredibly well. So I do think you you kind of got to pick your side here. Obviously, if Drew wins, it's a knockout. I don't see Drew winning a decision, so it's gonna be a knockout. And if Moicano wins, potentially a submission. Um, I don't see a knockout. Maybe a, a decision. But if he wins a decision, that means there's a ton of volume there and he had some success. So either way, if you want to unlock all the picks, the bets, the round line leans, I just added a bet while Jacob was talking to the premium oh, what is member it? channel. Um, don't, don't say what it is out loud. We want picks.com. Click becoming member at the top. You can unlock that bet and all I of like the it. other ones. I like it. I only did half a unit and I was sitting there. I was like, should I do a full unit on this? But. Let's leave it alone. You know, safety Ange. Angie's safe. They call me Mr. Safe. The safe man. What else? Keep going. Safeway. Let's see, let's see the improv here. Keep going. <laughs> safety. Get your wife in here to write a script for you. <laughs> I write my own scripts. Thank you so much. We want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. It is only $10 a month. Real quick before I pivot. Somebody tweeted. Did I send you the tweet? Where it said, yo, Moicano's crazy. Where he was just being like wildly racist in like an edited video. He's a pretty, uh, people like him. I've never watched his stuff, but every if I see a clip, it's usually pretty funny. He's a pretty funny guy. I mean, it was bona fide racist. Like, it was during, I'm assuming it was during like BLM stuff. Because it was like, like I couldn't believe he posted that. And somebody tweeted it and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. So, if I find it, I'll share it. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I know. I love cool. sharing stuff with people. Next up Ooh. at UFC Vegas 85, we have the main event of the evening. We have say it like Chest. say his say his say Roman's name like he would say his name. We have Roman Dolidze <laughs> taking on Nasruddin Imevov. <laughs> Nasruddin Imevov. Roman Delize, 12 and 2 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, coming off the decision loss to Marvin Vittori. Taking on Nasruddin Imavov, 12 and 4 overall, 3 1 and 1 in his last five. And he's coming off that no contest with Chris Curtis. This I, I like this main event. This is a very good main event. Because we got like Roman. It's a, I, I, I can't grow chest hair, but if I could, I wish you it would. You don't grow like any that. chest hair. I. I you can't no, and that's not shaved. That's like don't grow chest hair. I'm like the least Italian Italian. It makes no sense. At least uh, testosterone sounds like. I mean, it could be. I guess we'll find out in the ninth, won't we? We have Roman Delize, world champion grappler. And we've seen those skills. When he fought Phil Hawes, and Phil Hawes hit that slick duck under, took him down instantly. What did Roman do? Broke Phil's knee. In seconds, like in seconds, Jack Hermanson, phenomenal grappler, this great grappler. Roman made him look like a bum. Like Roman's jujitsu is scary well, dangerous. Any, 
Wasn't it a calf slicer or something like that? <laughs> it was a calf slicer yeah. that he was on his back and had him folded up. It was just TKOing him, basically. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, it's crazy what he does and how fast he does it. And he could do it to anybody. He also has power in his hands. We saw the knees against the Dawkins brother. The Phil Hawes knockout doesn't really count because Phil was on one leg, and we know he's a little chinny. But Roman Delize has power in his hands, insane grappling. He has two losses on his record. The one loss was bullshit. He beat Trevin Giles. That was a bad uh, loss. Was a you know it was. You that watched was it live. You agreed. That was a bad loss. He also did have some cardio issues then. Those seem to be gone. We haven't really seen cardio issues out of Roman recently. The second loss was his last fight against Marvin Vittori. That was insanely frustrating because he didn't follow a game plan. He came forward. He bombed away. And Marvin is a big guy that can throw with volume. And that was it. I thought he won. Meanwhile... Well, the world champion grappler didn't grapple is the biggest problem with that fight. He attempted one single takedown, and that was my biggest issue with that fight. And then on the other side of the cage, we have Nasruddin Imovov. This guy is tremendous. He's a very big guy at middleweight, and he's good. He's a busy striker. He's always working forward. He can counter-strike. He can move forward while counter-striking. He's got a nice jab, solid elbows. He looks comfortable mixing it all up. And then on top of that, he's got some very good wrestling. He took down Chris Curtis, who is insanely hard to take down. He took down Chris Curtis three times in that fight before the head clash and the no contest. This is a good main event. I think I have picked and I think bet on Roman Delize in every single fight he has ever had in the UFC. So I've been wrong twice. Once, really, because one of them was bullshit. It's hard to pick him in this fight based off of his last performance. Because if I knew I could trust Roman to come forward, mix in takedowns when he needed to, to at least threaten them, then Roman would absolutely be the pick. The problem is we can't trust him to shoot takedowns. And Nasser Dean's most likely not going to be dumb enough to shoot takedowns. So now it's a striking match. And while Roman has insane power, Nasser Dean is long, he's accurate, and he can counter. And I think Nasser Dean's going to pick him apart and he's going to win what's probably going to be a boring decision or at least a... A strike-heavy decision. I love Roman Delize. I hope I am wrong as shit. But I just... I, I don't think I can trust him to do all the MMA things. And I think he's just going to march forward and headhunt. And without Nasruddin taking him down, they're not going to end up on the ground. So Nasruddin's going to be the pick, and I don't like it. What do you think, Jakey Boy? You know it would be an interesting fight. I don't think they're going to do it now. But the, the people I'm going to compare them to is, is Paul Craig... Roman Delize is who Paul Craig thinks that he is, right? You see all the bravado yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Paul Craig with the with the face paint in your face and this and that. But if you could, if you asked Paul Craig, would you like to start with this guy in your guard? Paul Craig would say, "Hell yeah!" Like, yeah, I'll start with him. <laughs> like, yeah, like absolutely. If you asked Roman Delize that, he'd say, "No." I go for a knockout. I mean, he 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 is a jujitsu. He is what we call a jujitsu nerd, but he isn't. He he really his base is kind of that off his back guard style with sweeps and scrambles. Jujitsu nerd. He's very high level at that. But then he gets in the octagon and he's almost like Yoel Romero. Yoel was a high level wrestler that was just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to try and knock everyone out. And that's kind of who Roman has turned into. He's just he loves fighting. You can see he likes to get in there and swing heavy and turn things into brawls. And honestly, that's exactly what he needs to do in this fight because he's not. 
not going to win a fight where he fought, as you mentioned, the Marvin Vittori fight. If he's just, because he's probably going to be, he's going to be the one moving forward. There's no doubt about that. But he's going to be moving forward with not enough volume to win rounds. And if he's moving forward slowly, just winging right hands, Imavov is too high level to fall for that stuff. So I don't think he's going to be able to get the knockout. He's got to be able to get the knockout in, in brawls. He's got to close the distance against the fence. Start throwing wild. Force Imavov to throw extended combinations to where you might find an opening with that light, with that right hand. Or you can wear a guy down like Imavov to maybe you can start mixing in that wrestling, the grappling in the second, in the third, maybe even in the fourth round if there's some close rounds earlier on. So if you're Romanov, or uh, Romanov, if you're if you're if you're Delizze, if you're Roman Delizze, you have to make this dirty. You have to make this nasty. You can't take your time and stay at distance. Gets Imavov. He's just too high level. And I believe that Roman is going to do that. I think he's going to have that typical Roman fight where he's pressuring for the entire time. He might land a couple decent shots, but Imavov is doing what he does. This is a in my mind, honestly, this is a perfect matchup for Imavov, a guy that's not going to be crazy pace and crazy pressure that has just kind of the power, but it's not like crazy, crazy power. And his takedowns aren't great even when he shoots them. And Imavov knows what he's doing in the grappling as well. So, unfortunately, I'm with you. I love Roman Delizze. I'm probably going to be rooting for him. I guarantee when I'm sitting here Saturday, I bet we bet Roman Delizze because I do want him to win this fight. But as a pick, when I'm sitting here unbiased in front of millions and millions of people making picks on a Tuesday afternoon, I got to go with Imavov. He's the better striker, and it should be the mostly, it should be a mostly striking matchup. So, I'm going to involve here. Unfortunately, Roman, love you. Congrats on uh, the kid, Papa Delize. <laughs> Do we, are we are we sure he's the dad? Has that been confirmed? No, yeah, nobody knows. Papa Delize. Well, Jacob and I both on the same side of the pick and both aren't happy about it. But that's how the cookie crumbles. Styles make fights and Roman's style is awesome and fun, but not going to work against a technical striker in this case. Roman Delize, $7,600 in DraftKings. He 100% should be in a couple of your multi-entry lineups because if this dude wins, he's going to put up giant numbers. I have a bet that reflects that. You can unlock that bet at wewantpicks.com. Just click become a member at the top. It's only $10 hairs it is, a month. Yeah, it is crazy how fast fights change when it does go to the ground. Like, it's like he's standing up and he's throwing hard. He looks like just kind of like a, a brawling, not really high-level fighter. And the second it hits the ground, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, it immediately just, the way he scrambles, it's crazy how he, he can be that good. But he's just like, eh, I think I'll just knock everyone out. Dude, the Phil Hawes, if you guys have Fight Pass, go back and watch that. The Phil Hawes takedown, incredible. Beautiful duck under, incredible takedown. And then Roman's immediate knee bar was Incredible, like yeah. it was just, it was like holy I fucking crap. Roman, by, I had a lot of money on Roman by submission that fight, and that really broke my heart because he won. <laughs> yeah, <by submission>. yeah. <laughs> he fucking, damn it, damn it. I mean, it was absolutely incredible what that guy did. We do have a dollar ninety nine super chat from Dimitri. Demetrius put together his own lock of the week, Jacob, and it there is Mahmoud Muradov. He says he is free money. Thank you for the free money. Literally dollar ninety nine from well, we Demetrius. Can- Good luck with your lock of the week. Um, but I think if you saw uh, Paul Craig's at 185, Paul Craig versus Roman Delize on the ground would be wild. <laughs> that would be wild. It won't get there. Roman would just knock him out. It wouldn't end up so. on the ground. I think, that, I think that Roman would go to the ground with him. I think it would be a club, maybe hurt him, and then they'd start scrambling around. If they, I mean, I can't believe they haven't even done like a, if they do one of those. Um, Fury. Yeah, the Fury thing. It would thing. be a fun Fury, yeah. Fury and, uh, yeah, fucking Roman and Paul Craig at a Fury event would be fucking awesome. That could be a main yeah, event. that would be fun. That would 
be fun. Anyway, I am glad fights are back. We have 11 weeks in a row of fights, and you can unlock all the picks, the bets, the round line leans for all of those events at wewantpicks.com. Just click Become a Member at the top. Premium membership. Like the video. Subscribe if you are new. We appreciate you guys watching. We'll get you tools, insight, round line leans, bets, and more. One of those tools is the detailed data metrics and analytics. 38 columns of information you can use to find your spots while placing bets. You're going to get the line movement tracker, opening odds, current odds, win probability, and line movement for every single fighter on every single card. You're going to get far more than just me and skinny red. You're going to oh. get the MMA minute. Oh, you're going to get running mouth how MMA. You abandoned. Remember how you abandoned, abandoned shit calling you're going to get Artem. You, you did say that my eyes are blue, which you can't have red hair or blue. Remember how you just abandoned that whole thing? Who Remember said you that? can't have red hair or blue eyes? You literally look it do. up. Look it up. You it's literally, literally do scientifically impossible. It's not impossible. It was like a look 10% it up. chance. Anyway, it's like a point zero 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 zero. And despite those odds, here you are. You ruined it. Pick Doctor is a human being that developed an artificial intelligence that picks fights based solely off of historical... Who, Pick Doctor? I think so. The cartoon picture? Actually, Artem's looking a little gingy there, too. Follow the Instagram. Premium member. Follow the Twitter. You paused. If you if you pause, <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping in there. We gotta get the we gotta pump those pump those numbers up, baby. We're trying to look popular and famous. That's my only goal. So Well, we want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. Only ten dollars a month. Dixon is insisting we should be able to gift a month of premium membership. We can. I think we turned it off, actually, but that was available on the website. It's only $10 a month. Just go sign up for yourself. Do all the free things like follow the socials, guys. Thank you so much. We had over 400 people watching live across all of our platforms. We appreciate you. Do the things. Thank you for the support. It really does get me rock hard. We'll see you every single Tuesday, and Jacob will see you pretty much every Saturday. Lock of the week video tomorrow. We're going for three in a row. It's a big one. End.